And the Oscar goes and to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar to... goes to... My only object in being here is to try and get at the truth. What shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I could have been a contender. Fasten yourself. I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm gonna make him an offer. Oh, real man. Love is, is love. too weak a word. Stay back. I, I love you. 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 If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV! Respect it and validate it. Remember that you told me? It's time, Robbie! Welcome to the next Best Picture Podcast. And the Oscar goes to Green Book. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 179 of the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia. Time of recording is 7.04 p.m. on February 3rd, 2020. This is the big one, as... Sid says in Toy Story. This is literally going to probably be our biggest episode of the year. It is our final Oscar predictions episode and also for a little treat for the MVP team uh, to conclude a very, very short award season. We are going to reveal the winners of the MVP film awards uh, for everyone here. These were our staff voted on winners for 2019. Uh, The MVP film community award winners were announced on Twitter the other day. The results are posted up on nextbestpicture.com. Congratulations to everyone that voted on those as well so lots to talk about i'm not gonna bore you all with the precursors over the last week uh the baftas and such i'm sure all that will come up in the discussion here as we are discussing our predictions and let's face it i really would like it if this podcast was not as long as the irishman so (laughs) getting all that out of the way let's introduce our very 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 largely assembled team here today first and foremost we have miss amanda spears Hello. Followed by Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Cody Derricks. Hi. Dan Bear. Good evening, everybody. Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Nicole Ackman. Hi, everyone. And Tom O'Brien. Happy Oscar week, everyone. This has been the craziest time I can ever recall. I I feel like I literally just stepped off the plane from Sundance, and it feels like the Oscars are tomorrow. (laughs) That's how insane this condensed season has been. I I just like, there's no time to breathe, and there's been no time for voters to watch the screeners. There's been no time to let these movies kind of like marinate for voters. I'll just come right off the bat and just say, I am not a fan of this condensed season. And I am so, so thankful that we will be getting the regular timetable uh, next year. And who knows, maybe even uh, one less Oscar category if they decide to, uh, you know, combine the sounds too. So we might be in for a very uh, different year next year. Yeah, I would put money that the sound categories are getting combined next year. Yeah. Maybe best popular film will come back. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I bet the new president's going to add a casting award. Mm-hmm. Oh, after oh, BAFTA yes, did that? Yes. I hope so. Although their inaugural award winner for that was what? <laughs> baffling, but whatever. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> the BAFTAs were baffling. <laughs> Joker won Best Casting for the first ever Best wow. Casting Award at BAFTA. That is just so, I don't even understand. I don't get it. I did see one compelling argument for that movie winning Best Casting, and it was Bill Camp, which it's hard to argue <laughs> that. <laughs> Well, no, because it wastes Bill Camp. Yeah. So, 
Well, there you go. So, in any event, <laughs> uh, we have a couple of categories to get through here in our final uh, Oscar predictions. I guess we should start off with the shorts. And um, I'll just come right out and say um, I was really, really looking forward to being able to talk about the shorts this year because I actually uh, had the opportunity to watch them. And because of Sundance, um, I was unable to do so. And I am here on this podcast to tell you all that I have not seen a single one of the uh, shorts. But I will watch them, I promise, before Sunday. This I can guarantee. I'm just shamefully not ready uh, via this podcast. So um, I'm hoping some other people here have been able to. If not, uh, let's just give our best to uh, copy what other people are predicting on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Best live action short nominees are... The Neighbor's Window, Brotherhood, A Sister, Nefta Football Club, and Saria. So, um, I guess we'll start off with uh, Amanda. Uh, I'm going with The Neighbor's Window, and then I would, uh, if if people are checking off these by by name, I'd look out for Nefta Football Club. Okay. Casey? Same exact response. (laughs) All right. Cody? Uh, same neighbors windows in English. Um, I know that seems crass, but like sometimes that works with this category. Um, and it's pretty watchable and not as harrowing as some of the others, even though it is not light, if that makes sense. But yeah, that's what I'm going with, with Netta football club in second place. Dan bear. Um, yeah, same. All right, Josh Parm. Uh, I am going to echo all those sentiments. Um, the other thing about The Neighbor's Window is that the director of that one is a previous nominee. He actually does a lot of documentary shorts. So we know that the entire Academy doesn't really go to vote for the shorts. So if it's still a limited pool, that might mean something for some of those people. Um, NEFTA is one that I will look out for. But right now I am going to say The Neighbor's Window. Nicole? I also have the neighbor's window winning with Nafta as a surprise. And Tom. And um, yeah, I have also have neighbor's window. Um, this he's been nominated three times for documentary, and this is his first narrative short. So I'm uh, kind of excited about that. There's a nice Hitchcock vibe too. And um, I, I can't go against this compelling line of reasoning here. So I, I too will go with the neighbor's window uh, with Nefta, Nefta football club as the uh, spoiler, because I'm just listening to what all you were saying at this point, <laughs> I mean, but it's also the shorts, Matt. It's also yeah. the shorts. So who the hell knows? <laughs> I know. Right. At least they're not all about dead children. Uh, best documentary <laughs> short, uh, learning to skateboard in a war zone. If you are a girl, walk, run, cha cha St. Louis, Superman in the absence and life overtakes me. Amanda. Learning to skate in a war zone. It won the BAFTA. Uh, So that's a compelling uh, argument, I think, right there, too. Uh, Casey. Yep, same. Cody. Same. Dan. When in doubt, pick the one with the best name. Josh Parham. Uh, Yeah, uh, Skateboard has everything that usually wins in this category, and it's hard to uh, go against that. Nicole? Yeah, it's also easy to remember if people are asking you about your predictions. <laughs> so, skateboard. <laughs> Tom? Going another way. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I'm going with St. Louis Superman. Is there a reason for that? It's, like a, it's a very compelling story about you know, a real-life guy, uh, Bruce Franks Jr., who is uh, an activist in Ferguson, Missouri. He is a battle rapper. That's his living. And he was also elected this year as uh, to the Missouri State Legislature 
as a representative, a Democratic representative in a Republican district. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 so much stuff crammed into this 28 minute one. I did like learning to skateboard, um, but this one to me was more compelling. Anybody want to change their minds based on Tom's reasoning? No. Nope. No, I mean, I, well, no one I ever does. Don't worry I mean, about but, it. You know, Tom, I do get that to a point, but I also just feel like that one kind of ends so abruptly and there's like more to the story that it feels a little bit incomplete to me. Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's a nice dark underneath with uh, him still being haunted by the shooting of his nine-year-old brother when he was only four. So uh, uh, it's it's got a lot of stuff going on. And so that's, I just, I just, don't want to go along necessarily with the club because I always lose pools by doing that. Okay. I will say that's, that's my fair. second place choice. So it's, it's right my there. second as well. Oh, all right. Well, um, I'm not going to go against the BAFTA winner. So I too will uh, pick learning the skateboard in a war zone, but uh, I very much looking, I'm looking forward to watching this Tom uh, after this podcast here. So, and to see if your reasoning holds true. I'm, I fit a record. I might do an actual post on the website. Uh, you know, right before Oscars, uh, just so that those are like etched in ink and those are like my final, final predictions. <laughs> I reserve the right to change my mind. Uh, but anyway, best animated short. This is one I won't change my mind on. Uh, nominees are Memorable Sister, uh, to Sarah, Kitbull, and Hair Love. And I have seen Hair Love and I've heard all the hype about Hair Love and I am picking Hair Love uh, for that reason alone. Amanda, what about you? Ditto. All right. Casey? Yep, although I could see the surprise being Kitbull. Mm. Cody. Same, same to what she just said. Dan Bear. <laughs> I, I am also saying hair love, but I feel like any one of the other ones could possibly surprise. Josh Parm. I am also going to say hair love, but to be honest with you, I think this is actually a bit tougher than we think it is because yeah. Kit. Kitbull really does feel like a traditional winner in this category, too. And Hair Love also just strikes me as that short that we all think is in the front runner position because we just know about it, but nobody really votes for the shorts. And I, I don't know. Kitbull's about animals, and animals win in this category, too. So I would really watch out for that one. People do like animals. That is, that is a good point. Nicole? Yeah, I've got Hair Love winning, but I had Kitbull as my kind of runner-up, my surprise. Um, I think Hair Love is so beautiful. I really hope it wins. Tom? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go along with the, with the group this time. Um, it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful short with a lot of emotional feeling behind it. Absolutely. All right, let's get an easy one out of the way. Best International Feature Film. Nominees are <laughs> Les Miserables, Pain and Glory, Parasite, Honeyland, and Corpus Christi. Um, let's just make this very, very simple. Is there anyone here that's not predicting Parasite? Nope. Absolutely nope. not. No. <laughs> though, though I will warn you that uh, in 2006, heavy favored Pan's Labyrinth lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, the, the thing is, is that though. I... But also, I don't think that there's any one of the other ones that <clears throat> can hold a candle to Parasite in terms of how much people know about it and like it. Uh, it, it I The only thing that would have changed, would have possibly said me not picking Parasite, would have been if France had actually submitted a Portrait of a Lady on Fire instead. No. And it's important mm-hmm. to point out that Pan's Labyrinth, Tom, was not nominated for Best Picture. That is a very good point, Miss Amanda. 
whereas uh, Parasite is, and no film that ha- no foreign language film that has been nominated for Best Picture has ever lost foreign language film. So yep, that's kind of got this in the bag. I, I agree. I mean, that that's all the logic and reasoning I need. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, it's like you hear things that like maybe people will vote for Parasite and Picture, but then they'll free up their slot to vote for something else international. I, I don't buy that argument no. at all. Yeah, no. If anything, it's the other way around that that happens. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. I think well, we'll get into the passion for Parasite later on. But uh, I think that it, that it just will supersede everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is the one award that it has. Locked, sewn, walking in the door. Uh, we know that Bong Joon Ho is getting up on that stage on this evening. Yeah, and this will be this South is a Korea's first win in this category. This is the first, first nomination. nomination. Yeah, nomination, yeah. yeah, they really Justice deserve this for the Handmaiden. I know. So <laughs> and burning. Yeah, can't forget yeah. that. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's go. To, uh, this one's a little bit trickier. Uh, best documentary feature uh, nominees here are American Factory, For Sama, The Edge of Democracy, The Cave, and Honeyland. Amanda, what are you going with here? Oh, um, let me see. I'm going with American Factory. Okay. Now, just out of curiosity, um, is that also like a, I, I kind of want to ask this question too. Is that like your personal preference of the category? If you were a voter? No, my personal preference wasn't nominated. So. Bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, so we have one for American Factory. Casey? I'm going with Forsama. Um, it just won the BAFTA, if I'm remembering correctly. And yes. I feel like it always just kept showing up everywhere. And it just feels like the type of thing that would win in this category. So I'm going with that one. Cody? I am also going with American Factory. I think it's got the Netflix thing behind it. It's... Um, uh, you know, it's it's a very American issue. Not that that always wins out here, but still. Um, but I do have Forsama in a spoiler position after doing pretty well at the BAFTAs. And I also just, maybe this is like subjective, but I think once you watch Forsama, it's pretty undeniable, like the power of the filmmaking and it's timely. It's my personal pick. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was either one of those, but I'm going with American Factory. Let me ask a question before I get to Dan Baird. Does anyone know if the Obamas are confirmed to attend the ceremony? I don't know. No. Uh- they're not listed as nominees, but we all know it's the production company. Right. I was just curious to know if we would get any kind of like television moment uh, as a result of that. And if not, um, and I know that's like not how voters think either. I'm just trying to think of it from a self-fulfilling prophecy standpoint, you know. Uh, Dan, what about you? Um, uh, so I have American Factory winning because of the Obama thing. Um, because like even people, I feel like even people who don't really know movies that much know that the Obamas were behind that movie. And I think that sentiment for the Obamas is pretty high right now, but in my backup position and just because of the timing that like the window that voting is going down in is the impeachment trial. And I would say watch out for Edge of Democracy here because it's really, really damn good. And it is kind of prophetic for what we yeah. could be happening. I agree with that actually a lot. And either one would result in a win for Netflix here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. righty. Uh, so then after Dan, Josh Parm. I am also going to say American Factory, though I do agree that for Sama is – Right there, it has done very well in precursors, not just at BAFTA. And 
I would be thrilled if it won. It is my personal preference in the category, but I do just feel like the entire profile of American Factory, with it being Netflix, with it being uh, connected to the Obamas, just really elevates that to a level that most people seem to be aware of. And I think that one's probably going to win. Uh, who are we up to? Nicole? I'm also going with American Factory, again, because of the Obama factor. Um, I I don't know what I would say could surprise. I feel like First Alma's right there. I feel like Edge of Democracy's right there. Um, but I'm going with American Factory. And just before I do get over to Tom, I'm surprised no one's brought up the fact that Honeyland is nominated for both documentary and uh, foreign language or international feature, rather. The and first they time think that's that that's happened, that, right? Yeah. So now I even have to make my point. Oh, well, Tom, I'm sorry to steal your thunder then. Uh, by all, all means, right. please. I was going to say. I mean, it's, it's, it's just something to note. Um, I don't think it's going to win either category, but, uh, you know, the fact that it, it did make this achievement was was really terrific. I think Forsama is very moving, but I, I'm going to go with American Factory because I think the issues in American Factory are most relevant to American Oscar voters. I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to say Forsama. Yay, come join the island. <laughs> it's the best one in the category, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I too. agree. With Apollo 11 not there, Forsama is the clear, like, objective best. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. It's also the most moving, like Tom said. And it's won the BAFTA, and it also won the uh, Cinema Eye uh, Award as well uh, for documentary feature. It did very, very well early on in the season, actually, where it seemed like it was going to start trading wins with Apollo 11 before Apollo 11 kind of just took off, no pun intended. Um, I, yeah, I, I love the I love the call out for Edge of Democracy uh, being relevant if they watch it uh, during this time right now. That's a I think that's a very interesting call there, Dan. And they've had uh, a lot of time to watch that one, too. It's been out for a while. Since mm-hmm. Sundance uh, mm-hmm. last year. Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll stick with Forsama on this one, um, even though I don't feel good about it at all. I'm I'm just reminded of uh, 2017 when we also kind of similarly didn't know what to do with this category and it kind of just defaulted to the Netflix movie. That's kind of what this is feeling like a little bit. I might be very mm. wrong, but that's the if we're looking for history to support American Factory, that's what I point to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's continue to pull out whatever hairs we have left in our body uh, for uh, best animated feature. Oh, boy. All right, so, nominees are How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. Amanda, what are you doing here? Um, God, I don't know. I don't watch animated films. (laughs) Um, so, if I were voting, I'd pick I Lost My Body, because I like the title, but I'm guessing it's probably... Toy Story 4 with Klaus right on its heels. All right. Uh, Next up, Casey. Yeah, I'm sticking with Toy Story 4 mainly for the aspect of it's the entire Academy voting and that, you know, feels like an easy default there. But I definitely do think that Klaus is in second place. Cody. Agreed. Um, Klaus is coming on strong late in the game, winning BAFTA, obviously. And I... Okay, I, I need some help here. Do the Annie Awards share any Oscar voters? Do we know? Well, technically speaking, um, there is an Oscar voting body that is animators. Mm-hmm. There's an yeah, mm-hmm. animation branch. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. But I mean, like, does anybody who votes for the like, like, we know how the BAFTAs and the um, the guilds share Oscar voters or share voters with Oscars. Let's also put it this way: the amount of people 
compared to the rest of the voting membership of the academy is so small that yeah. it, even if all of them were 100 <laughs> percent you know in in the academy it, it wouldn't make a difference for that branch sure i just wonder how much the overlap of passion could, could translate there um all right because klaus has won the annie award and it's won the bafta in the last like and it two weeks not only won the annie it won every single award is nominated yeah, it, it swept it's the annies yeah yeah um which could be seen as like a protest vote. It could be seen. I don't know. Like there's a lot of factors there, or maybe they just really love the movie. But all that being said, I am going with Toy Story four. I think like, uh, I think it was Amanda who said the whole Academy's voting. And also it's done well with other guilds like ACE and PGA and the art director's guild. So it clearly does have industry support there. So yeah, I'm going with Toy Story four, even though I don't feel great about it. Okay. Dan. Uh, uh, I, I, I tear my hair out about this category on a daily basis, um, but I'm going with Klaus. Ooh. I did not think it was going to win the BAFTA, and it did. And that, I, I, I don't know the stats on anything winning BAFTA plus the Annie. I don't know if that matters. I don't. BAFTA's got historically a great track record with animated feature. And that I know. And I don't know what it is like when it also wins the Annie Award. Um, but like, I, <laughs> yeah, that, the, basically the BAFTA vote completely changed my mind about it. And I'm just saying Klaus. Okay. Josh Parr. Well, you know, Matt, that I have been very skeptical about Toy Story 4 winning this award. I really do feel like that whenever you have a contender that's basically a default front runner, people are looking for any excuse to vote for something else. And I think we've seen that this year. Yeah. And you know what? I think I'm going to go with Klaus also. I just even though Toy Story 4 has done very well with the guilds, guilds are very populist, and so that doesn't really surprise me. And I just really feel like when it comes to the General Academy, they are looking for an alternative, and it just seems like Klaus has emerged like that. And, I mean, even the fact that Frozen 2 didn't get nominated, despite the fact that the nomination for animated features is opened up to the entire Academy, I think that already signals that there is sequel fatigue with nominating films in this category so yeah i'm gonna join dan and say that klaus is going to win all right all right nicole so i'm going with toy story 4 um i don't feel very strong in it i'm not betting money on it um because again the whole thing was sequel fatigue um but they liked it enough to nominate the song from it yeah and to me that says that a they saw it and b they liked it, you know, at least enough to remember that there was a song in it. Um, well, I, can I just make maybe one counter to that? Is that, yeah, yeah, they liked it, but maybe they also just like Randy Newman, who's got like more than 20 nominations from the music branch. Right, he's a double nominee this year alone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's possible. I just, I feel like it's going to have the most um, people who have seen it, probably, and it has that name recognition. Um, and sometimes that works, especially for Pixar. But does anyone feel like there is a stigma against voting for something with a four in its title? Yes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they don't like sequels. They don't like sequels, but they also don't like Christmas movies. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm well, yes, I'll, I'll get I'll get to it in a bit uh, here. Uh, Nicole, sticking with Toy Story 4? Yep, I'm sticking with it. All right, Tom. 
I wish Missing Link had a chance because Leica is just a terrific studio, and they do deserve having an Oscar for something. So, so does that mean you're picking it, or? <laughs> oh no 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 no! <laughs> right. oh, okay, okay. <laughs> just just wave the banner. Just, just a <laughs> Leica. That's all. Um, boy, the I think the Annies were when the voting was still going on, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I think the publicity that Klaus got might be enough of an influence plus sequel fatigue. Um, so I'm going to go with Klaus. But I also like I, I, I agree, though, um, with whoever. Sorry, I don't know who it was who just said it. But like this idea of they don't go for Christmas movies. That was a, Amanda, and I said the same thing before nominations, but I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'm looking at this category objectively, I lost my body is like for me like the default like runaway like best pick overall. Um, I mean, I agree. To me, it is like the clearly best of the category. It's my number five. Sorry, boys. <laughs> but I don't think it's on the wavelength of like a lot of people. Unfortunately, like, as we know these people don't watch all these movies. <laughs> right. Um, no. Like I lost my body. Winning here would be uh, even more shocking than something like Spirited Away. Uh, winning this category. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're gonna vote like, "Oh, my kid loves this movie. I'm I'm gonna vote for Toy Story 4. Yay! Yeah. So I, I'm ruling out I lost my body for that. Uh, Klaus, I, I I'm ruling out How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World too. By the way, because honestly, I just thought that it was just so underwhelming, oh. and there doesn't seem to be a uh, Return to King kind of like um, push to want to like reward this franchise. Yeah, Which I know. You're so sad. You're right because that the, the those dragon movies are terrific, and it's a shame they don't have an Oscar either. They're fantastic, honestly. Without with the lack of Frozen two in this category, that movie has the most stunning animation, I think, of all the nominees. Yeah. So for me, it comes down to Missing Link and Toy Story four, personally speaking, and I. I feel very strongly that both this is not like a heart thing. Like I'm not voting with my heart on this one. My head is really just torn between uh, missing link being the uh, way to reward Leica, who had an insane campaign this year for this movie. Um, for those of you that are not aware, they sent so much, like so many materials to voting members in different awards bodies, um, really highlighting the craft of this movie. And that golden globe win as shocking as it was, I do think meant something not in terms of like voter overlap but just there are there may be people out there that like this movie more than we think and once again i i just i keep looking at that title toy story 4 and i think to myself 4 so what does this mean like if one day toy story 7 comes out we're still going to be doing this you know what i mean like yeah yeah but you know matt i also really do think that missing link is in the race like i don't really want to yeah i don't i'm not discounting it completely the only thing is just ever since the golden globe it hasn't really picked up that many awards like really what ves i think is really the only thing that's really won since then whereas klaus the just momentum seems to be growing for that film and i think winning the bafta was a huge sign for support for that movie yeah and this isn't really a category where we get surprises i'm like looking at the past winners and the only semi-surprising ones are maybe brave but that's not really if you like you know look into the race a little bit yeah and i mean it was glowing back exactly yeah so 
I'm almost tempted to just say I lost my body because I really don't know what's going to win. And if it wins, I'll just be happy. But I'm not going to be that person. So I will go with Klaus uh, because it has won the Annie in the BAFTA, like we said. <sighs> Damn it. That's so okay. weird, though. I never would have expected Klaus to be the challenger to Toy Story. Yeah. I feel like I've talked to a lot of people that aren't in the industry um, that just watched it casually on Netflix. And it's a beloved movie. Like, general audiences really like it a lot. Hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe that also says something. Uh, you know what? No, no, no. Listen. I, you know what? No. Toy Story 4. I'm going with Toy Story 4. Screw it. I, well, it's interesting, Matt, because you just said something that made me think, you know, if voters are looking for some, were looking for something at Christmas to put on for their kids, they may have watched Klaus in the background. Yeah, totally. So... All right, no, no, going back to Klaus, going back to Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> I reserve the right to uh, change my mind. Like I said, I will, I'll do a final post on this. Yeah, we but, all uh, have I'm, that right. <laughs> I, I'm going with Klaus for, for this podcast today. Be, and, and honestly, I'll probably change my mind five minutes before the envelope is opened, in all honesty. <laughs> oh, best visual effects. Let's let's keep up the uh, the challenging pace here, people. <laughs> Uh, we have The Lion King, Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and 1917. Amanda, what are you going with? Uh, I'm going with 1917, but I hope The Irishman pulls off an upset so they don't go zero for ten. Yeah, Again. yeah I, I feel that. Casey? Yeah, I'm going with 1917. They've had the trend recently of going with Best Picture nominees or Best Picture like, and with Irishman's effects being too divisive, it kind of feels like the default. Cody? Casey took the words right out of my mouth. Completely agree. <laughs> Dan Bear. 1917, baby. Josh Parham. Yep, agree. I think it's going to be 1917. Ackman? I love whenever my personal pick lines up with my prediction. So 1917. Tom O'Brien. I think this is where the 1917 tsunami begins. Woo. I'm going with Avengers Endgame. Why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> Matt, I just have to laugh after last year. <laughs> yeah, no. Come Matt, on. you don't like winning pools, do you? Listen. <laughs> Matt, you know when there's a, a when there's a an Oscar nominee for best picture in this race, five out of the six previous five out of the seven five out of the six previous times in the past ten years, it's always gone to a best picture nominee. I wanted to say for the record, I'm kidding. I, I just said that to hopefully get a reaction from all of you. For those of you that do remember my Infinity War complex last year. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, it is going to be 1917. It Winning the BAFTA uh, literally told us everything that we needed to know. Um, it being a number one or number two uh, position holder for Best Picture, I think also, once again, speaks to the trends of this category, as we said before. I don't like that we are predicting it so down the line like this. It is a little worrisome for me. Uh, but I do think that there is a lot of uh, statistical history to back this up. Another thing that also confuses me just ever so slightly with 1917 winning here is that um, even though the effects are more noticeable than something like, say, uh, Dunkirk, which felt definitely more practical, mm -hmm. I still worry that the effects in this are not something that would jump out immediately uh, to voters while voting, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but I also think look at the other. I mean, they clearly didn't love Avengers Endgame very much, and Marvel has gotten the nominations here and has hasn't really won. 
And the Irishman, just as much people hate it as love it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Star Wars has been there, done that. Yeah. So I, it's sort of by default, and like I hate to say that, but <laughs> it's an no, actiony best picture nominee. There is your yeah. answer. You have yeah. one of the best picture nominees pretty much to win. And it, with that, it comes down to you, you know, 1917 versus The Irishman. And so it's easier to go with the one that is a technical film. Which is very interesting because The Irishman's uh, campaign all season long has been this de-aging technology and how front and center uh, it was for the film's marketing. So Yeah, there were people who didn't like The Irishman's special effects. And I feel like with 1917, even people who didn't like the film per se, I didn't see anyone say anything against the visual effects specifically. The thing is like, I didn't, I didn't see anyone say anything for the visual effects. Like the, the 1917 visual effects are not something that like is a talking point for people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Agree. But like, I mean, it's explosions plus, mm-hmm. you know, the stitching, the digital stitching. And I guess like there were some people like, Oh, I saw where they hit all the cuts, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, um, I I just can't see any of the other ones winning either. It's interesting. Yeah. It, 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 remember last summer when the entire Lion King campaign was about the visual effects? Oh, my God. It's like a million <laughs> years ago. What if, what if Lion King winning at Visual Effects Society is the sign of another Jungle Book situation here? You know? I – look. <laughs> no. I would say that, except they they awarded the Jungle Book. I, I I it's been there, done that at this point. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, with all of that out of the way, then I mean, I I, I guess yeah, nineteen seventeen is a is a quote unquote default choice, even though it doesn't. I was going to ask, do you think um, this is probably Irishman's best category for a win? Yes. Hmm. So I actually disagree about that, but we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. I, I I do think it's number two in this category to 1917 simply because of the Best Picture nomination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, and like, yeah, let's be honest, the impressiveness of that technology as a thing, if not necessarily an execution. Yeah, I was gonna say that I think that all of that appeals to effects artists, but I don't think it appeals that much to the general academy. Right. Uh, there's other stuff to also support the visual effects win for 1917, including other nominations elsewhere, um, possible wins elsewhere that we've seen other visual effects winners um, kind of go home hand in hand uh, with. So uh, we'll get to that in just a second here. Um, let's continue to, you know, let's continue to freak out over stuff right now. The sound categories, the lovely two sound categories. <laughs> Uh, let's start off with best sound mixing. 1917, Ad Astra, Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Amanda. Simple, 1917. Okay. Casey? So I'm being the dumb person that's predicting a split. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> because I do think that it is kind of between 1917 and Ford v. Ferrari, with it winning certain guilds versus others. So I'm being the bold weirdo that's going to go with Ford v. Ferrari for sound mixing. All right, Cody. All right, I um I I feel that hesitation to not 
<laughs> want to predict a split. Um, and that, so I'm not doing that. I'm, I understand that for V Ferrari, like uh, Casey was saying, feels really apt to win something with sound, but I don't know. I just, I, I can never predict a split. So I'm going with 1917 for both. Okay. Uh, man, God damn it. Dan bear. I'm about to make you say that again, Matt, because I have this weird feeling about Joker. Are you serious? Below the line. Mm. I really do. Because they loved that movie. And the I mean, the crafts are strong. And I have a hard time believing that it's just going to win for Joaquin and probably score. Like, I... I have a really hard time thinking it's not going to win anything else. Partially, this is my own pessimism kicking in, but um, I I can't shake this feeling about, and then specifically in mixing as opposed to editing. Yeah, I agree with that too. But I I always say that like it, it it's stupid to bet on a split in the sound category. So officially I am saying 1917. All right. But if Joker does win this and surprise everybody, I will think of you right away. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I just had this weird feeling about it. I, I don't know. Josh Parm. Um, well on the Joker thing, I just can't really see that because Joker really just hasn't won any kind of sound category leading up to this point. Like I, I just, I agree that it seems weird that a movie with that not many nominations would walk away with like two wins maximum, but I just haven't seen too much traction in it in other places. So I don't know. I mean, emotionally prepare for anything, but I personally, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Um, But as far as my own prediction, I agree that you shouldn't really go for splits, especially when it's very obvious when you've got contenders that can win both. And I am thinking that 1917 is going to do very well in both sound categories. So here I am going to go with 1917. All right. Nicole? Yeah, for all these reasons that other people have already stated, I'm going with 1917. Tom? If this was a year where Spotlight was going to win Best Picture, I'd say Ford P. Ferrari really deserves it. But when you have a Best Picture likely major contender um you got to go with that i i know that we were only just discussing uh sound mixing um i guess this also kind of translates over into sound editing where uh star wars the rise of skywalker is nominated over uh at astra um the last time you know we saw something like this happen was dunkirk uh where it was going up against baby driver and dunkirk won uh both awards and i they just love war films you know, even Hacksaw Ridge won at least one, you know, I think the moral of the story here is definitely like the smart pick is 1917 for both. I think that if you were predicting a split, personally speaking, I think Ford v. Ferrari would take mixing. I have the opposite. Yeah, um, you do. I kind of feel the opposite way, too. Do you guys need me to explain to you the difference between sound editing and sound mixing? No, sweetie. Yeah, I know the difference. Thank yes, you. I know the difference. Not Oscar voter. But the Academy members don't. Which is why it's wise to pick 1917 for both. <laughs> I mean, war films tend to win at least one of the sound categories, which is why it's smarter to just say 1917 will win both because it is likely to win at least one of them. 
the other thing too to like that's also kind of like just throwing me personally for a loop is that uh, 1917 was not nominated for the Cinema Audio Society this year um, on account of probably late screeners, yeah. and that's where uh, Ford v Ferrari uh, did win. And Ford v Ferrari also did win the Motion Picture uh, Sound Editors Award as well. 1917 won the um, ADR Award, I believe, for dialogue, uh, but. But Ford v Ferrari won the Foley Award there uh, for sound effects itself. And then, of course, BAFTA, uh, where they only have one sound category, went with 1917. All I'm saying here, though, is the guilds went with uh, Ford v Ferrari. And I just don't know if that also being a Best Picture nominee. um, I know Irishman is possibly heading for a scenario where it doesn't win a single Oscar on the night. But isn't there a realistic possibility that every Best Picture nominee could go home with something? Yeah, Everything would have to work out just so for that to happen. I think yeah. the problem for Ford versus Ferrari is they don't really like car movies. Mm. Historically speaking, no, you're right about that. That is yeah, very they, they true. They don't like race car movies. Except for uh, one race car movie that wasn't a race car movie, and it was called Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> okay, well, that that's not like on your mark, get set, go. Right, right. No, I know, I know. The car movie that wasn't a race car movie. I get it. (laughs) Also, I mean, there's many Fast and the Furious movies that have been nominated in this category. It's it's just one of those things. Yeah. And if Ad Astra wins, I will have a heart attack and die and go to heaven. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, God, that would make me so happy. (laughs) Uh, Best original song. Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man. Stand Up from Harriet. I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough. And I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4. Amanda, which one are you going with? I am going with um, I'm Gonna Love Me Again. But I will tell you right now, look out for I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away. Um, a lot of the times when a song from a nominated best picture which there aren't any this year but uh a lot of the times it will go to a, a film from an animated movie so again toy story 4 is the only one of these five films that has a best picture nomination so yeah and, and just to be clear so people aren't misconstruing what you're saying like a best picture nomination in like one of the like documentary animated international like one of those sort yeah. of things yeah, yeah any yeah. kind of best picture nomination it's the only right. one and that that matters and a lot of the time when there is actually a best picture nominee it loses to an animated feature winner and there's also something to be said too that uh randy newman did surprise here with toy story 3 uh winning yeah. uh nine years ago in this category as well. Was that a surprise? I don't know. It depends on who you ask. Yeah. The favorite song to win. Depends on who you ask. Yeah, he he might it might be time for him to win again. So can't let the Academy uh throw away this opportunity. So there you go. (laughs) All right. So uh Casey, what do you got? I'm going with I'm gonna love me again. Even though Rocket Man underperformed, I feel like it's one where even because they they only showed like the film titles, not who wrote them on the ballot necessarily, but you can look at that and clearly know that it was Elton John and it feels like an easy checkoff point. Um, but I think watch out, though, for either stand up or into the unknown. OK, Dan Bear. Um, yeah, I'm going with Rocket Man. I'm going to love me again. That was an absolutely killer speech at the Globes. Um that Elton gave and reminding that this is the only time that he and Bernie Taupin have won something together. And I can't imagine that people are 
not going to want to give them this award, especially after that. Okay. Josh Parm. Yeah, I echo everything that has been said already. I am going to go with Rocket Man also. Uh, again, even though that movie did really underperform, it has, I think, the clearest, highest profile of all the nominees. And people know that it's Elton John. They know about Bernie Taupin. And yeah, I, I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. I think Nicole? you skipped Cody. Oh, I did. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh. My, see, I knew it was going to happen at some point. Cody? Um, don't have anything else to add. Rocket Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but at least you got your moment, right? I did. I did. I really wanted it. <laughs> Nicole? Um, wow. So I've been saying for months that I think that we have to keep in mind that, like, Elton does throw the big after party. People love Elton. Oh, oh good point. Elton gets... <laughs> The big standing ovation whenever he gets up there. You know, like, I think that we have to remember that these people specifically love Elton because they want to go to his party. Um, and I think that there's a great opportunity, especially like, you know, you were saying after that Globe speech to reward him and Bernie. And I I just really uh, see it going to Rocketman. And it's also kind of like, you know, just a very nice uh, symmetrical thing because the movie itself is about that relationship, too. You know, so anyone that watches the movie and loves the movie, it's like one of those wins you can just feel good about doing. It's not like a default thing. It actually feels like it has real significance behind it tied to the movie. And it's a good song. Yeah, it, that, that never hurts. <laughs> Tom? It never helps either, though. So. No. Yeah, I'm going to go with Elton and Bernie, um, but... God, uh, Stand Up is a really good song. I was going to say, that's the one that yeah. I would watch out for personally, yeah. uh, especially because she's nominated for Best Actress, and she is close to that EGOT. Yeah, and she's not going yeah, to... If she wins, she will be... And ironically, Robert Lopez is in this category. She will replace <laughs> she got by it. seven she years as the youngest EGOT winner. Yeah. In this category, the other three, pff, never mind. But those two are really good. <laughs> Guys, I, I just had like this uh, vision the other day of like, what if Diane Warren actually surprises and wins and we have like this oh, Kevin O'Connell Hacksaw Ridge moment where it's like, oh, my God, I didn't think this was going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? If that film becomes an Academy Award winner, I will quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will just pretend it's a career achievement award. She deserves a win. Just not for this, but oh, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really have that much passion for any of these nominees. So, you know, if she does win, I would be like, fine, go ahead. Give it, give her the Oscar that she's deserved and just move on. <laughs> <laughs> I the one the not talking. Academy doesn't care about this either because clearly they've, they've already got Billy Ellish to perform. So yeah, they're, they're getting her ready for next year. Yeah. Is it also weird, too, that the win for Rocketman also feels like a, um, hey, sorry, Taron Egerton, this is a way for us to acknowledge you sort of thing? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. He's not got an Academy Award, though. No, 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 I know. But it's like a yeah, win yeah, for this movie almost feels like it's a win for him. Kind of like how people were saying this whole thing about, like, Renee Zellweger. Oh, a win for Judy. It's like a win for Judy Garland. You know what I mean? So. No, it's not. That's bullshit. But, um, but there are people who, like, are saying that, you know? That's true. So. Those people are idiots. All right, best original score. Uh, we have 1917, Joker, Little Women, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, and Marriage Story. Amanda. Uh, Joker, by a landslide. Um, and I, I know English is not her first language, but this is a very big moment. It will be the first in the internet age a woman wins this category, 
and I do hope she gets up there and points out the fact that uh, there are other categories that matter other than director for women to be uh, breaking the glass ceiling in. And I hope it's not 20 years to the next one. Casey? No, I, same exact, yeah. Cody? Yep. Um, I think one joke around the BAFTA was done for. Dan Bear. I'm so sorry to our boy Thomas Newman. But yeah, I don't think Joker's going to lose this. Excuse me, very politely and very delicately. How the fuck can your movie be the number one film for Best Picture and be winning everything, and yet you cannot win after 15 nominations? He's got the worst luck. Yeah, he's never gone along for the ride. It's it's the yeah, truth. He has it's crazy. Luck. The minute he, he's never won a Golden Globe, that, that was like the, the first nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. All right, I digress. Josh Parm. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going to be Joker. And, you know, I, I will say the score is the best thing about that movie that I don't really like. And it's hard for me not to want to root for her to win that award. But at the same time, I, I my heart does break for Thomas Newman because I do think that's such a magnificent achievement. And, yeah, after 15 nominations, you would hope that he would catch a break. But it ain't going to be this year. Nicole. Okay. Um <laughs> I like to have one risky thing I'm betting on. Nope. And I'm nope. betting on a total 1917 sweep. So um, I'm giving it this too. I know it's unlikely, but I think it's definitely in... I think it's between that and Joker. Um, definitely. And I... I just think there's a there's a world in which it happens. I don't know if it's the one that we live in, but I think there's a world. Okay. The answer is no, but I mean, it's not the most locked in category, Matt. It's not like it would be like um, she I don't know. won Critics Choice Golden Globe and BAFTA against a guy who has never, ever won in a best picture front runner. There is yeah, no he, way he's winning. Yourself, it's a best picture front runner. I mean, you have to consider that as a possibility. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, yes, I'm you do. Not yes, you do. It, but I think I it's not impossible. Also, too, if she loses this category, are we really going to have a scenario where Joker has 11 nominations and its only win is Joaquin? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, like, I don't think it's a good score either. Yeah. Like, especially I think it's used particularly poorly in the film. But that's what I'm, I think it's a great score, but I, I don't think it it makes the film worse. I think. I think the people who campaign for 1917 should be flogged because they could have ran <laughs> a small campaign like they did for Roger Deakins. Exactly. Going, all these times. Why haven't you awarded him? And he could have won. They're the reasons he's not going to win. They didn't do a campaign. They didn't make it known. And you have to remember, she was just announced as the first female conductor of the Oscar orchestra. Mm -hmm. They're setting her up for the win. And she also had Chernobyl. Oh, don't get me started on that. Please. I'm just saying. She's having she's having a moment. So, uh, Nicole, last chance for you to change your prediction. I'm not doing it, Matt. You can't bully me into it. Yeah, girl. Not saying, not saying I'm bullying. <laughs> I mean, bless you, Nicole. I, I hope you're right, but, you know, yes. sometimes I just can't be quite that I optimistic really hope. about the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's my one optimistic pick. <laughs> All right, I'll remember that when we get to Best Actor later. Uh, Tom? Hello, I'm over here. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, the precursors are just too much for this, and it breaks my heart, too. But um, it's going to be Joker. I, I just find it so weird that 
uh, everybody hated Joker so much, uh, but the score got praised by so many people. And I just, I, I, I just, I don't know. This whole thing has just been so weird to me. Uh, the whole thing. I don't understand it. I, but at the same time, it's, it, it's, it's happening. So yeah, yeah. H- Hildor's going to make history. I really do hope Amanda that you're right, that she does call out that moment or at least acknowledge that, that, that moment. Cause that is a big moment. Yeah. And for her, if she doesn't do it and she gets up there and it's like, I, I don't know, it's just going to, everything about it's going to rub me the wrong way. <laughs> if it was any other year, I would be totally like have no issue with it. But, but it's just the fact that Thomas Newman is right there and th- that's the thing that's just breaking my heart right now. And I and I agree with you, but I, I, I'm not going to blame her for the idiots who didn't campaign for him because they could have had a small campaign. Yeah, I mean, like. Hey, we've no, he's never won. Let's give it to him now. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Like they yeah. could have done. I had a hashtag that I was using on Twitter all season long. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and some of his fifteen nominations, let's just say, aren't not up to this score. Yes, <laughs> no, they're not. I mean, there's always going to be one or two when you've been nominated that many times. Um, so if, I, if he, when he loses for this and having lost for American Beauty, two very obvious Best Picture frontrunners, is he ever going to win? No. Yeah, but somebody's going to have to run the campaign for him. They're going to have to do what they did for Roger Deakins. Yeah. It'll be like Ennio Morricone winning in his 80s or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Not that. But like so out in the 2040s, <laughs> Oscar winner Thomas Newman. But somebody's got to go ahead and go vote for 1917. He's never won. And he's never won. He's never won. He's never won. And they didn't do it. They could easily have picked up this award. And with no no names on the ballot, when the voting does happen, I think that's the thing that everybody always has to keep in mind. That's why you need that specific um, artist campaign like Mm -hmm. uh, Morricone, like Roger Deakins had that year. I also think the thing that also hurt Newman the most, in my opinion, uh, besides the lack of that specific uh, person-focused campaign, is the fact that 1917 came out late. You know, there just wasn't enough time to rev up the campaign for him. If that's if that's um, you know if we're gonna buy into that fury, so yeah, I agree with you. This is all to say, uh, Joker is going to win, and uh, we can move on to uh, best production design. Uh, nominees there are 1917, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, and Jojo Rabbit. Amanda, what are you going with here? Oh, God. I, I know. We just keep doing hard category after hard category. <laughs> well, here's the thing is that costume design and production design are like tied together at the hips. If you win one, your chances of winning the other dramatically improve. And the same thing with just being nominated in those. But for this without uh, – I, I keep going back and forth, but right now I'm thinking 1917, and I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as the – Spoiler. Yeah, this is a very this is a very very tough one. Let's see if it's we can get a little bit more. Very rare to win one and not be nominated for the other. Yeah, let's see if we can get a little more clarity, uh, maybe from everybody else here. Casey. Um. Yeah, I'm going with Hollywood on this one. I think that the sheer amount of work put into it, I think, won't be ignored. Plus, it's you know, it's such a Hollywood organization that I think that of all the aspects of this movie that celebrate Hollywood, this is the one aspect that i think everyone could agree upon cody okay yeah i agree with casey um i think the way they transformed um the place that the oscars are taking place in will not be unrecognized by voters so yeah i'm going with hollywood all right dan bear 
Parasite. Oh! Whoa. Now, Matt, yell at him like you yelled at Nicole. That's cool. Well, yeah, I, I'm going to have to for a minute here because, okay, here's the thing. It's got ADG, uh, which is more of an argument than 1917 in score, just might I add. But, <laughs> but... Um, I thought Amanda made a very compelling argument about the costume design, production design, which Hollywood has here. And Hollywood has also um, kind of ran away this season in terms of the critics' wins. It also won Critics' Choice Award. Uh, the only thing it didn't win was the BAFTA, which went to 1917. But we could maybe chalk that up to the Brits just, you know, fucking mm-hmm. 1917 or making passionate love, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> in any event, though, um, yeah, explain this one, Dan, please. I, I need to hear some reasoning. I. <laughs> it just goes to... The, the design of that house. I mean, the design of both the living spaces and how they compare contrast is so brilliant. But specifically, the design of the park's house mm-hmm. is just... And the way it's used in the movie. Like, I... I and as as good and fun as the production design in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, I don't think it's as smart nor as integral to the film as the production design in Parasite is. And I, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of people really love Parasite. And if they want to give it something else that is not going to Bong Joon-ho, I, th- this is a really easy place to honor it. And like they have put out ads specifically touting the production design in this movie. Dan, I would agree with that if this was like just the production designers voting for this award. But opening it up to the General Academy, I'm sorry, I do not see that happening. Here's everything I'm going to say, too. And once I ask this question, I think it will become abundantly clear. Name the last contemporary design film to win Best Production Design that was not some sort of fantasy sci-fi film also. La La Land, but that feels like Hollywood, doesn't it? But that, but uh, I was yeah. I was going to say La Land yeah. could also be called a fantasy and to a certain degree because of some of its um, yes. fantasy yeah, sequences. Yeah, you know? So the answer is never, <laughs> or or you have to go all the way back to I, the point that it's it's irrelevant. Look, you know, look, the, like Parasite is set up to be the first a lot of things. Okay, I'm just saying. I the, look, this may be complete wishful thinking on my part, but I I can see it happening. I really can. There is some, there look, is some and, logic with that, though. And, I can see it happening. And I will, yeah. look, and, and I will fight against this when it comes to some later categories, but y'all have been saying, reminding me and the group chat a lot, that the voting body for the for Ambus has gotten younger and more international over the past couple years. It's true. So maybe this is the year that the dam breaks. All right. So uh, if it wins production design, I that's when I think, oh, it's going for six for six. It's going to win all six yeah. of its Oscars. Yeah, that's insane. That's, <laughs> yes. that's crazy. Absolutely. It's not impossible, but yeah, I don't know. Oh, my God. That would be uh, – we need to move off that lo- that level of thinking because it's just not going to happen. Yeah, that would be a, could you imagine Sam Mendes' face? I mean, that would be like <laughs> – can you imagine Tarantino's face? <laughs> yes. I think I, I think Sa- I think Martin Scorsese would be the one taking out his iPhone like Bong Joon Ho to film the moment. <laughs> you know, 
Hey, Francesca, sweetie, Bong Joon-ho just won Best Director. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Josh? Um, I am going to say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's really the one thing that that movie has been consistently winning outside of Brad Pitt. And, yeah, I would chalk the BAFTA win to 1917 as just being, you know, home time, uh, home field advantage for the Brits. And, yeah, I think it's going to be Hollywood. That was way more eloquent than what I said. Uh, Nicole? I try. <laughs> All right. So don't yell at me again. Um, I'm yelling at everybody tonight, FYI. <laughs> this no, is the one know. podcast we of the year where it, I can. We, we know this, um, But I'm actually oh, – and I'm, I keep flip-flopping on this truly like every other day. But today, because I'm on like a BAFTA high, I'm predicting 1917 here. Again, like you'll hear later, I am predicting it to to win the big award. Um, and I just feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's steam has really um, slowed down, other than obviously Brad Pitt. Um, yeah, so I'm going with 1917. It's not crazy. Um, I no, mean, like, it's not. Those bunkers the... are so intricately designed. I mean, they yes, just... and yeah, yeah. It gets, the movie. The movie gives the production design like a loving shot in its most memorable moment with all those flares going off. So I, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's, that's got to come for something. And they had to design it in a way that they could do the whole thing to make it look like one long continual shot. You know what I mean? Like that, that yeah. is impressive. Yeah, the magic trick of the movie is relying on the production design. Precisely. Mad Max Fury Road is like the only other film that um, I can recall uh, from a production design standpoint that also had um, exteriors. Yeah. involved a yeah. lot that though they really pushed like the cars are part of production design i remember that yeah. being like a really really nail they kept hammering yeah other than that though i can't think of another maybe avatar mate are they really outside when you consider the fact that they're underground in these like bunkers almost i mean i, I, mean, I kind of still think see of the sky so people. yeah but they're like these yeah. little tent worlds almost where like they're you know we see these rooms where they're sleeping and then there's let's pull this up actually for a second because it did win the BAFTA for production design let's take a look at the last decade here so um 2010 Inception uh does not win the Oscar that went to uh, Alice in Wonderland which um also won costume design that year uh Hugo uh was a sweeper that year that won the BAFTA um and the oscar les miserables won the bafta um and if, if lincoln won the oscar and what was kind of a surprise but also like one of those things where kind of like with joker uh lincoln had 12 nominations if i remember correctly uh joker's got 11 mm-hmm. and it was like there was a sweeper and lead actor and we all knew it had to win something else somewhere so uh that's how that happened great gatsby uh similar situation with uh production design going hand in hand with costume design um and it won both of those that year Grand Budapest Hotel, Sweeper uh, that year, Mad Max Free Road, Sweeper, Fantastic Piece and Where to Find Them, um, Brits, I guess. That was a surprise win. I mean, that feels like the most um, similar to this year, where you've got like a British production that appeals to them, but the Americanized sets wins out with the Oscars. Yeah. And then Shape of Water, uh, which swept. And then The Favorite, which Brits. And Panther wasn't nominated there last year. Yeah. Right, Black Panther, exactly. Racism, you know, we get it. Yep. Uh, so, with that said, uh, I could see a world where 1917 does pull it off. My only issue is, if I start predicting 1917 to win this much, um, I'm just very hesitant about that, because we don't see that 
in the preferential age as much as we used to pre, you know, in terms of a sweep on the night. But then you know again, what I mean? shortened season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. We, do, we don't know how that's going to affect. Season. We've seen how that affected the nomination stage. Less films got more nominations, but we don't know how that's going to affect the winning stage. I also think it's one of the less polarizing of the films that have a lot of nominations. So, you think Parasite is polarizing? No, I mean, <laughs> I mean there is what the one realistically thing. win here. <laughs> this is the first category where we have uh, Parasite and 1917. So this is, uh, I don't think this is going to be one where we just we point to it and go, "That was the moment and won Best Picture." Yeah, but it is the most unlikely of its like wins. That's why I would like look at yeah. that and go, "Oh wow, they really like the movie." Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would too in that situation. Uh, Tom, I don't think Dan is crazy. Uh, I don't have Parasite winning. Thank you, Tom. Uh, I mean, I have Hollywood, <laughs> I have Hollywood winning because of the sheer volume of imagination that had to go into uh, recreating 1969. But I can't think of a film in which the art direction this year has been more of a character than the houses in Parasite. And so, I mean, for the record, it would be my personal pick in this category. Yeah, same. Same, same here. Yeah. Ditto. I don't think it's going to win this, but I, I would not dismiss its chances um, uh, totally out of hand. Uh, I, I have 1917 third, and, you know, yes, it got the BAFTA, but I don't think it's – I think it's going to be stronger in other categories. Um, so I'm going to go with Hollywood, then Parasite, then 1917. I, I too am going with Hollywood. Um, it's a, a female uh, crew uh, that also that would be winning the Oscar here as well. Um, there's been a lot in terms of um, the campaign for this movie has focused so much around the production design um, and has been a focal point in a lot of the behind the scenes videos, Hollywood being recreated, etc. cetera. Uh, there's also that argument to be made that um, there seems to be a general feeling that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is probably going to win something else other than Brad Pitt. And this does feel um, the most logical to me uh, in that sense. I also look back at just the previous winners in general um, over the last couple of years that have won the Oscar for this. And this is the one that for me at least just uh, tracks the most. Um, And then one other thing, too, there's something to be said to the fact that it also has that costume design uh, nomination as well. Yeah, that's a huge boost for it. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to lead with uh, 1970, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood <laughs> on this one. Uh, but I, I definitely don't feel good about it because I do think it is a very strong field. Um, hell, just throw my hand up here for a minute. There is a world where Jojo Rabbit surprises. Yeah. In production oh, that design? So no, 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 no. Like, for example, there is a world where Jojo Rabbit uh, surprises with taking both production design and costume design, potentially. Oh. Oh, from your uh, lips. Yeah, no, 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 no. Well, because well, man. think about it. It did surprise at the guild. It is flashy, and and it's nominated in both categories. And we've seen production design and costume design go together to a, a film like many, many, many times. That is true. And it's also it, it just it, usually just to point out if you're nominated for both, if you're not sweeping, usually you, it's not like one or the other where. It, so that does, if like, let's just say costume design goes to one of the films nominated for both. If that film isn't going to sweep, there's a chance that that could help something like 1917 win. Mm, interesting. So keep that in mind. Avatar won production design. I think we are getting closer to a modern film 
potentially having a chance at this. So I, I'm not. Yeah, and and there were aspects of Black Panther that were modern at times. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, everyone. This is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Each week, we review the latest from Hollywood, California. Well, yes, Brendan. We also give top three lists. Okay. Yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. That's correct, Brendan. On top of our main show, every Friday, you can also hear our extra film podcasts. Good job, Brendan. Thank you, JD. It's my goal to make you proud. You're the father after all. <laughs> yes, and I'm very proud. Uh, you can listen to the In Session Film podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Brendan, will you please let me complete just one? Nope. Oh, for heaven's sake. Listen to the In Session Film podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. No, 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 no. That's not kidding? how this works, sir. Hey, no, you, you, no, no, you no. go cry at Midnight Special again, oh, okay? That's oh, what you're I good will. for. I will. You know what? And I'll do it while pummeling you. I'll do both at the same time. How are you going to pummel me? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy it. That's just how <laughs> it works. Uh, makeup and hairstyling. Nominees are Bombshell, Judy, Joker, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and 1917. Amanda. Bombshell. All righty. Casey? And look out for Judy. Why is that? Oh. <laughs> uh, I think like the same reason Meryl Streep kind of help the iron lady get makeup mm. sometimes it it can just be the one person made up that that helps marion cotillard love and rose another one yeah. as well yeah yeah vice last year it's harder mm-hmm. in this category if you're not a best picture nominee but i i wouldn't be surprised if judy somehow squeaked out this award casey yeah i'm going with bombshell it seems like the prosthetic award as of recently so Go with that. Yeah, it's going to be weird, right? With like Darkest Hour, Vice, and Bombshell, like being just three very similar types of films to win this award three years in a row. Yeah. Uh, Cody? Yeah, I'm going with Bombshell also. This is one category where being a Best Picture nominee doesn't necessarily help you out. I mean, like even Titanic couldn't win this one. So I think it was but one of the, the BAFTA expanded, yesterday. But in the expanded field, it has helped. True. But Bombshell has swept the season. In terms of all the major yeah. precursors with Academy membership overlap. Yeah, and and that's what's been the focus of the campaign. Yeah. The only thing that's holding it back is uh, if they, A, don't like the movie, which, I mean, it got three nominations, two of its, uh, two of which are for acting. Uh, so I don't think that's the problem. And then the other thing is um, if it, it, there may be a feeling of I don't want to vote for this because I'm feels like I'm voting for the people. I, I don't know. But once again, I don't think people think that way. Sometimes, I mean, Vice you know? won just last year. Really? So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So limited series from Showtime could hurt it because there is a, a comparison you could make to the makeup in one versus. I mean, Darkest Hour the members barely watch show, all so. the nominated films. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say they don't have so time yeah. to be watching Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> the pot <laughs> um but to conclude my thought uh yeah yeah uh, once it won the bafta even like the brits had to give it uh best makeup over i i, I don't remember if 917 was nominated there but like they could have just swept that up in it and they didn't so yeah i go with bombshell all right cody best i'm makeup. sorry dan oh bombshell <laughs> there's no question i love the way you just said that <laughs> okay um <laughs> Josh Parham. Bombshell, yawn. <laughs> Nicole. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can't believe I have to follow that up. Um, yeah, bombshell. 
Tom? Much as I loved all the glorious hair in 1917, I'm going with Bombshell. Uh, before I declare my pick here, Dan, we just posted an interview that you did uh, with the makeup team behind Joker. I have not had a chance to listen to the interview just yet, but is there anything that they revealed in that interview that stood out to you in a way that would make you think that Joker could surprise here, considering it, too, is also Best Picture nominee here? Uh, um, that sounds like a no. <laughs> like, well, no, I mean, just because, like, it, like, it was fascinating in that they had to do wigs for nearly everyone in the um in the crowd scenes and the mobs because they all had you know current day hair mm-hmm. and they had to look like it was 1980 um and you know the whole um having to deal with Joaquin thing oh. uh <laughs> But, like, I don't think that – I mean, when people think of that movie, they really just remember his face. Like, the, I don't think there's anything there that, that can really help it win, not over, like, the insane amount of prosthetics in both Bombshell and 1917. I would also argue that The Dark Knight's makeup was better than Joker. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, the thing with this category is even though it's called best makeup and hairstyling and it has been since 2012, looking at the winners, there hasn't really been one that it's like, oh, well, that had amazing hair and right. one out just yeah. for that. Like all the winners are still makeup heavy. So I think that really helps Bombshell. I think it's Bombshell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by default. I, I'm going with that here. Although um, my spoiler um, actually is, believe it or not, um, it actually is uh, Judy. Uh, for the reasons that Amanda said before, I would not be surprised if uh, there was something else to go along with Renee. But uh, yeah, I think it's Bombshell. I, I'm pretty confident that it won the Makeup Guild, it won Critics' Choice, and it won the BAFTA. I mean, I, I would be shocked if it didn't win this. Uh, best Film Editing. The Irishman, Parasite, Ford v. Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit, and Joker. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. my hell? word. Here we go, Amanda. This breaks my heart. Um, this is your Thomas Newman. <laughs> this, this is the only Judy thing I wanted this entire year was to see Thelma Schoonmaker get a standing ovation as she made history, winning Oscar number four. Um, luckily, I don't think Steven Spielberg's editor is going to be nominated for West Side Story. But um, I'm going to go with Parasite. Okay, the ACE drama winner. All righty. Casey. I am also going with Parasite. Woo. Okay. Cody. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so Parasite makes a compelling case, obviously. Winning the ACE over 4v Ferrari is pretty spectacular. But I am still going 4v Ferrari just for the simple fact that when you expand this to the entire voting body, they tend to vote for most editing. And Parasite does have impressive editing, obviously, but I think 4v Ferrari lives and dies on its editing. I like did some research and I, I had to go back all the way to the aviator to find a time that a movie wasn't like quickly paced and cut and chopped up that didn't that one editing. Um so I don't know. I think when it won BAFTA last night, that made me feel even better about it. So I am going with 4v Ferrari, but Parasite, Parasite was nominated at BAFTA. It wasn't? Mm-hmm. Oh. Nope. nope. No. No. 
Well, fuck me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cody, Cody, don't worry because I'm going next, and I I'm with you. Okay. I think it's. Yeah. They don't rough. like race car movies. What are you guys? They but like, <laughs> I mean. Sure. Are they like international films in this category? I don't know. Nominated though was Mad Max Fury Road, which won. There's also something to be said for the fact that BAFTA does like race car movies. Yeah, yes they do. They definitely do. Has big overlap, more overlap than any other killed. And this is a race car movie nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm still going to go over. I have a hard time given Ford v Ferrari's Bafo box office and. The fact that it's a Best Picture nominee and it got a decent amount of nominations, I would be really surprised if it went home completely empty-handed. And I think that any of these movies, honestly, could win, probably Mm -hmm. except Jojo Rabbit because they don't appreciate comedy editing when it comes to a win. And that is – Although it did win the ACE comedy. It won. Yeah, it's my third place just for that. Comedy for – category for comedy. You know, Sure. No, I get it. They just don't do that at the Oscars in this category. They don't. Um, I think a case could be made for any of them, but I think what Cody says is generally true. They like most editing in this category and the most, or if not the most of the most obvious editing and Ford V Ferrari has the showiest editing of the bunch outside of the Irishman. And I think there are enough people who are like, how can you give a three and a half hour movie best editing? Which because is she's bullshit. brilliant and I, it, which is bullshit, but like there are enough people who say bullshit like that and believe it that I don't think the, it's going to be the Irishman. So I'm going with Ford v Ferrari. Okay, thanks, Dan. Compelling arguments made by a lot here. Um, I'm, I'm turning <laughs> to the voice of reason, Josh Parham. Uh, what do you make of this? Oh, I'm the voice of reason in this category. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> you're just like kind of like the default like conscious of next best picture. You know, like you you always have like the wisdom or i don't even know what the fuck i'm talking about right now (laughs) oh god all right well all right i've been doing a lot of thinking with this category and i think i am gonna say parasite because i do think it winning ace was really major for it and i think that does show that there are people that are looking at that film as an editing showcase and not for nothing but parasite does have some flashy editing in it too sure um great yeah I, i think that Ford v. Ferrari is a very classic example of a winner in this category also, but I I just do feel like because Parasite is a little bit more beloved, I'm going to say that. However, when I mentioned earlier that I think that there is a category that Irishmen could actually conceivably win, I think that if you have a bunch of Irishmen fans who are mad that it's not going to win anywhere else, they could all pull their collective votes and say, we're getting Thelma the Oscar. It's not what I'm betting on, but I think – your lips. With, I mean with a movie with 10 nominations, sort of like last year with The Favorite where The Favorite wasn't winning too much and I think a lot of people said, hey, let's get it at least one. I think this might be the one that they could say like, hey, everybody, let's pull our votes together and get it something. Yes. It would join um, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo and Bullet as the only films for their only win to be best film editing and nothing else. Yeah, and I'm not predicting it, but I, it's one thing that I'm keeping in the back of my mind because I hate this category. <laughs> just look at and, it this way. It movies when, in five hours. I was going to say, Thelma, with the exception of her loss to Hugo for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, she loses the Best Picture winners. So if you're not picking her, I'm just saying, 
Parasite winning, if you have it winning Best Picture, makes a lot of sense in this category. Nicole? All right, so uh, I'm going to get in the, the race car with Dan and Cody and drive away. Um, yes. <laughs> Pop in, Nicole. Uh, I'm, I'm predicting, not um, you have I'm predicting here. Le Mans 66. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, but really, like I'm predicting Ford versus Ferrari for all the reasons that they said. I think it's the showiest, but I also think it's it's still good editing. It's not like showy, um, pretentious editing. Like a film last year that won Best Film Editing? <laughs> That wasn't even showy. That was just bad. But we, we um, don't we don't talk about that movie that much. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I think it is showy. I think it's also well done, and I think it's you know clearly there is some love for this film. It got into the best picture uh, category. So yeah, I'm I'm driving away. This is another example of what we were talking about earlier, where it's like you know if you want to have a scenario where everything gets a win somewhere. Um, uh, this could be Ford v Ferrari's uh, win. Um, you know, sorry, Irishman. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> um, I yeah, this is really this is tough. I, I'm going to listen to Tom's argument before I finally make my decision here. But Tom, what do you got? I got guild winner and voter passion. Parasite. <sighs> okay. I knew there's a um, I always like Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. So Parasite winning here feels to me like um i don't know i I just like because it isn't the flashiest ford v ferrari is clearly the flashiest and i went back and i looked at the past couple of winners in this category to try and figure out uh where were some situations where the flashiest film didn't win um and you can make an argument that bafta winner uh last year vice was maybe flashier than Bohemian Rhapsody, although I'm sure there are others who will make a counter-argument to that. Um, so Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody won uh, that category. And then uh, Hacksaw Ridge winning, um, clearly I don't think that that's the flashiest. I think La La Land is actually the flashiest, personally speaking, that year. I agree. Gravity wasn't the flashiest. Captain Phillips was. That Correct. Was yeah. And yes, and and yes, yes. That's exactly what I was going to... Yes, that, that was exactly the correlation I was going to make here. Um... Because that to me, and, and, and it's so funny too, because if 1917 was voted here, I would be like, yeah, that's totally winning. Because <laughs> uh, that feels the most like gravity, right? Uh, but in this given situation, uh, with everything being what it is, I, I think it really does play into what you're predicting for Best Picture. If you are predicting something else other than Parasite to win, I think it makes a lot of sense to pick 4v Ferrari. However, I think if you are predicting Parasite to win Best Picture, I think it does make sense to predict it here for Best Film Editing. And that is why I am predicting it to win Best Film Editing. Mm. Mm. That's why I'm not. Spoiler alert for later on. Yeah. I will not be surprised if Parasite wins, and I will cheer and down a drink in its honor. Can I say, Dan, I just find it to be so funny that you think Parasite's winning production and design, but not editing. <laughs> I look at each category separately as it presents itself, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Let me have this one moment of fantasy. <laughs> Best costume design. Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, and Joker. Amanda. Once Upon a Time. In Hollywood? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I was just finishing the uh, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in America. Uh, Casey, what about you? Uh, I'm going with Little Women. Okay. BAFTA winner? Sure. Cody? 
I'm also going with Little Women. Um, not feeling amazing about it. Um, like Hollywood's right there, JoJo's right there, but. I think looking at Broad Academy, they will just kind of vote for biggest dresses. I know that sounds pedantic, and it would be my personal choice in the category, but uh, yeah, Little Women. Okay. Dan Bear. They love them some pretty, pretty period dresses, and Little Women has them in spades. All right. Josh. I also am going to say Little Women, but I don't really feel good about that for some reason, and I don't know why, because it is the classic winner in this category, but there's just something about it that just doesn't sit right with me. But I think the BAFTA win gives me a lot of push to pick it. So, yeah, I'm going to say Little Women. This is one that I might change later, though. Mm -hmm. Tom? Oh, no, Nicole. Sorry. Nicole. Wow. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I. It's hard because this is a category that has, I think, of four very deserving. Uh, nominees um, but I'm going with Little Women they love period dresses and it's also some really good very character based design um, it's not just you know your average throw some period clothes on people um, so that's why I'm going with it but I also have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood sitting right there obviously Tom? If I was an Academy voter in this category I'd go with Hollywood again because of the volume and the imagination of it but I think Nicole makes an excellent point that the dresses in particular uh, are very character based. And I think that voters in this category, I hope, will appreciate that. I hate to think this might be the only win for Little Women, but uh, I want to I be able to say it'll win something. Uh, I'm with you in the sense of like also saying that I want Little Women to win something. And I think this is like uh, after that BAFTA win, especially the most obvious place for it to happen. Uh, there's also something to be said for the fact that if you look at the history of this category, uh, there is a lot of precedent for Little Women to win this. There's not that much to support a win for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm hmm. Except that it's nominated for production design. Exactly. And that's where I keep getting thrown off a little bit here. Um, and then if I look at, you know, the rest of the um, uh, of the rest of the season in terms of what has won what where, um, you know, Dolomite is my name did extremely well here. Uh, I and still unfortunately, don't understand how so that vote didn't get nominated. Yeah. Exactly. Where's Rocket Man? Come on, those costumes. That was another were, yeah. one. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and Jojo Rabbit surprised everybody with the Costume Designer Guild Award uh, win, and mm -hmm. it too has a production design nomination. Yeah. 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 And it is period. Right. Yeah. And it's flashy. <sighs> the last scene with with um, Sam Rockwell's character. Yeah. And, and it's also very character based as well. Um, yeah. My my issue with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that the best costume moment in that film is a costume being taken off. So, <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I'm I'm gonna do this. Um, I'm looking at the category over the last decade. Right, Alice in Wonderland uh, won both production design and costume design. Artist won just costumes. Anna Karenina just costumes. Uh, if I remember correctly, Anna Karenina also had a production design nomination. It did, yeah. yeah. So did the artist. So did the artist. Great Gatsby uh, won both. Grand Budapest won both. Mad Max Fury Road won both. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them uh, had the 
production design oh, nomination as well. Phantom Thread did not have a production design nomination, but that was a movie that was all about the costumes. Right. And Black Panther won both. So, coming down to this conclusion. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> and Black Panther beat the favorite last year, which was the typical Little Women kind of winner in this category. So they have. But there was gone- a huge groundswell for that film in general and for Ruthie Carter's costumes in particular. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is a, this is actually trickier than I thought it was going to be in all honesty, but there's also something to be said for the fact that this is Jacqueline Duran, mm-hmm. uh, who is the mm-hmm. costume designer here. So mm-hmm. I, I am going to say little women, but I, it goes against everything I know to be true about this category, and Hollywood would be my second choice because of that production design. I, I don't. Uh, why yeah. Hollywood over JoJo? Because yeah. as far as I can tell, all the guilds have, guilds have been telling us that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood isn't also rare. I think. I think because uh, to Tom's point, there's more volume and imagination in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in terms of its flashiness, where with JoJo, um, it's costumes that we've seen a lot of before i mean Jojo beat the, hollywood of the like i don't <laughs> exactly yeah no I, I get it i i understand uh but just for the record i'm not predicting what's about that hollywood i'm predicting little women so there you go <laughs> i know i'm just, I'm just uh, but i'm but i'm telling you though that production design costume design stat is something that's pretty crazy and i agree that jojo rabbit should be standing a better chance um, than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in that regard. But yeah, you know what I think is really the problem for me with Little Women is that yeah. it did miss Costume Designers Guild, which it did because it they didn't see it in time. But, the late screeners, yeah. right? But because it didn't have that there, that's really one thing that I think is kind of tripping me up a little bit. Did the last Little Women win costumes? I don't think so. I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't think, think the last Little Women won anything. It lost yeah. to Priscilla. Yeah. Uh, well, that was very different costume wise though. Well I'm gonna go with Little Women. I'm sticking with Little Women. That BAFTA win I thought said something. Yeah. Uh and just yeah. like how it it uh matched a lot of its nominations at BAFTA with Oscar, I think that this is one that will also uh cross over. Uh cinematography. Anyone not predicting Roger Deakins? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. All right. Uh, we can move on. Oh, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what the number two is. So I don't matter. either. In all honesty, I really don't. They're all number five. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> the the unnominated portrait of a lady on fire. <laughs> yeah. If I'm being very honest with all of you, if I'm being very honest, I think Joker is number two. Yeah, yeah. that's my number two default. But it's I so far behind, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, this is like, this is more of a slam dunk than the Blade Runner 2049 year. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Blade Runner wasn't even up for Best Picture. Right. Uh, Best Original Screenplay. Let's have some fun. Uh, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Knives Out, 1917, Amanda. Parasite. Right, that's one for Parasite. Casey? Sorry, Quentin. (laughs) Yeah, I'm also going with Parasite. But I do think that it is only in between it and Hollywood, and I think its newest resurgence has given me the leg up on it. Cody? Fame, Parasite, WGA, and BAFTA is pretty unbeatable, even though Hollywood wasn't nominated at the WGA. I don't really think it matters. Um, yeah, Parasite. Dan. Parasite, but I don't feel as certain about it as I should. Josh Parm. 
I am also going to say Parasite. I think that obviously Hollywood had the earlier momentum, but that has really dissipated lately. And I think that Parasite winning BAFTA when it had no below the line support and the Brits love Tarantino over there. It when it won that award, I felt like that was all I needed to push it into my predictions to say that it was going to win. <laughs> I, I've said this before that I think we're underestimating Knives Out, but also like it's the only one that's it's not the only best nomination. nominee. <laughs> yeah, but like it's a huge, huge hit. Yeah, it's yeah, made but more I think money than any of the other ones. You. I, I can't even tell you how far back you have to go. You No, I know. I know. Well, in the past 10 years, you can't win screenplay in the expanded field yeah, without, without being best nominated. Best right. Mm. I think that's the key here with this is ask yourself the question of which film is the, the stronger best picture contender right now, Hollywood or Parasite. You know, I think that's the key with this category. Um who are we up to? We're up to uh Josh or Nicole. I sorry. Uh Nicole's next. Nicole. Um, yeah, I'm going Parasite here for all the reasons that Josh very eloquently stated. <laughs> Tom? If they're going to give director to Mendez, this is the this is where you uh, honor Bong. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Tarantino's won before. Tarantino's won this category uh, twice for Django and Pulp Fiction. So A third win with time with, with, with Woody Allen. Yeah, for the all-time. And what a category of, of uh, two men that is, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't help. I'm just trying to give some history so people who are going to you know, go to an Oscar party can be like, it's too bad he didn't tie that record. <laughs> um, I think that when Parasite won the BAFTA over Tarantino. I think that was extremely significant. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to win the WGA. I never had a doubt in my mind that it was going to win the WGA. It was all a question of whether or not um, if he would be Tarantino at BAFTA. And once he did, um, yeah, I think it's pretty clear it's going to be Parasite. And this will be the first uh, foreign language film to win a uh, screenplay. Uh, going all the way back to uh, Pedro Almodovar for Talk to Her in 2002. And we could also point out, Matt, one more thing just for some facts for people is this will be the first, both of them will be the first Asian writers to have won Best Original Screenplay. Even better. Mm. Lots of history. Yeah. A lot of history being made on this Oscar night. Best Adapted Screenplay. Is it more contentious? Let's find out. The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, The Two Popes, and Joker. Amanda. Oh, I'm so happy because it was my favorite movie of the year that Jojo Rabbit's going to win. Okay. All right. Casey. All right. This is my one. If I'm wrong, whatever. Because I I know that I should just go with Jojo Rabbit, and I do think that it's probably going to be that. And I'd be happy with that. But I just can't shake the feeling that they're going to give it to Greta as a consolation prize. Also, there is a lot of track record with USC Scripter, even more so than um, WGA and BAFTA. I did my homework. So, <laughs> and Last year aside, you are correct. I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes the, when it's very close, you just got to go with a feeling. And if I'm wrong, it'll still be a nice moment. So whatever. But I do think it's between the two of them. So Yeah, it's definitely between the two of them. That's for sure. Uh, Cody? 
Uh, completely agree with it being like, what do you take? USC Scripter, WGA BAFTA? Like, what you have to really weigh what you personally find more important, I guess. Um, and that being said, I am going with Jojo Rabbit. Um, I, I completely agree that if Little Women wins, we will be able to very easily see why. I mean, between uh, Constellation, the movies like Beloved, uh, won the USC Scripter, all that stuff. But again, like I said, for um, Parasite and original screenplay, WGA and BAFTA is something I really can't bet against. So I'm going with Jojo Rabbit. Dan Bear. I'm I'm sticking with Jojo. I look, I it is clear that Little Women was not as beloved amongst the Academy as I think any of us thought it was going to be. And Jojo, if anything, overperformed in nominations. He has been on a win streak lately. And let's be honest, Taika Waititi is super duper charming. Yeah, that's true. Let's also not discount the fact that I think, and like trivia people who have actually been looking at this um, will tell me if I'm wrong, but I think if both he and Bong win, this would be the first time that two people of color have won the screenplay categories, that, that both categories went to people of color. Yes, and we should also point out that uh, I mean, Greta Gerwig's already made history. I believe she's the first woman nominated in both adapted and original in the previously. Yeah. But he will also be the first Asian writer to have won um, screenplay for adapted. So, uh, All right, Josh Parm. Yeah, I, I do agree that you kind of have to look at what hardware these movies have and where you place value on them is where you make your prediction. And I do think that BAFTA and WGA is a very hard thing to bet against. I think the other thing that you can look at with Taika is that he got that DGA nomination. So that just also shows that there's a lot of support for him in general. And given that JoJo does seem to be very well liked in the industry, it keeps winning guild prizes. I think that he's going to win this. Okay. Nicole? This is actually the one that I had the hardest time choosing um, because I think that there's what would look like a cl- pretty clear path for either Jojo Rabbit or Little Women. Um, you know, like we've all been saying, they each have certain ones that they've won. I think either one of them, it could be seen as kind of a consolation for not getting the director nomination. Yeah. Um, but I have a gut feeling and I'm going with it that it's Little Women. Tom? Sometimes um, if you want to win an Oscar in the above the line categories, you need a story. And I think all the leaders in the acting field have a story. And then Greta Gerwig has a story. But um, you really can't knock statistics. And this weekend, you know, the wins for JoJo in this category really are just too compelling to ignore. So I'm going with JoJo. Yeah, I, I have to agree with the stats on this one only because it's not just the wins at WGA and BAFTA that have Academy crossover that's got me thinking um, it's going to win here. It's also um, – I have this feeling about Taika Waititi as like one of these guys that like he may be back in the future with another Academy project maybe. But I feel like his um, sensibilities are way too eccentric sometimes that I don't know if they're going to go for another project by him on this level again necessarily. Where Greta Gerwig, I can't help but feel like a lot of members feel, well, if she came back on her second film already with like a beloved film that got this many nominations, clearly she'll be back again with something else and we'll have a chance to reward her then. Um, Now, listen, that's like, you know, 
crazy rocket science there but in terms of like, <laughs> you know, like do people really think this way but another thing to also keep in mind as well is uh the dga nomination the uh surprise costume design um guild win the um when uh you know that it also had an ace i think all of this is contributing towards there being broader support for jojo rabbit within the academy than there is for little women and uh, both for writer directors which has also been a trend in this category um and when i say this category i mean both an adapted and original we tend to see um either best picture nominees or writer directors uh winning if they're not winning uh director or uh uh, sometimes picture um, in the case of something like uh, Call Me By Your Name uh, winning uh, for like James Ivory, for example. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Taika on this one. I think it'll be Jojo wins uh, Jojo's uh, sole win of the uh, of the evening. All right, let's uh, let's go to some easy categories. Um, this is something that we could just do uh, if you guys want to do it like this. Um, actress, actor, supporting actress and supporting actor. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. 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 Let's. Yeah. On. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty yeah. Pretty so boring. Bring your A game. So. Would it be more fun to say who we all have in second place? Yes. Um, yeah. Let's yeah. do. Uh, yeah. Let's do that. Uh, for supporting actor, um, it's Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Brad Pitt, Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Brad Pitt's going to win, but Amanda, who do you think is in second place? Joe Pesci, but he doesn't give a shit because he won't even show up. <laughs> Casey. Yep. Exact. <laughs> <laughs> Cody? Yeah. Yep, the Pesh. <laughs> Danny. It's Pesci and that's the best part. Like he could he could give two shits. And I love how know? like we were all saying Pesci, so I said Danny. I, I've never called you Danny before. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> Dude, I, <hate> it. <laughs> I just like rolled off the tongue. It's what it is. Uh, it is Josh. It's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think Pesci is in second place, but like we all said, he doesn't care. He's not gonna probably show up. So yeah, it doesn't it's another one that kind of doesn't even matter. Nicole? I really love that we were like like, wow, we all have the same predictions. So let's show who's in second place. And now we're just all going to say <laughs> Tom? Uh, I'm on board. Pesci and no two shits. But what a surprising performance it was. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually my favorite in the category. Me too. Yes. It was so surprising to me, in fact, that I actually confused it with being bad because it was underwhelming at first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But then I, I thought about it and I'm like, no, no, no. Like that's that's some pretty good shit. Um Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a number two. If he had never won before, he would win for this. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, the com- the comeback story would be too strong, I think. Um, and it's in that given so situation. different from everything he's ever done that it would just be too it, it would be too yeah. hard to pass up. Yeah. Uh, best supporting actress, Laura Dern is going to win uh for marriage story. It could be Netflix's sole win of the night. Uh, which would be another uh, shocking development. But we know that she has this in the bag. We're all very happy for her. Uh, Hopefully one day she too can become the Academy president and uh, continue to make the world a better place. Who is number two, Amanda? A lot closer than people will give it credit for, but Scar Jo, her her co-star. And this will be Netflix's first big acting win at the Oscars. Casey? Yeah, I would probably say... Scarjo, I think she's more likely here than actress, surprisingly. Dan? I still think Margot Robbie is in a strong second place in this movie. She gives you everything that they like in this category. Um, and if 
Laura Dern had missed even one award this entire season, I would have said watch for Margot to surprise. But no, it's going to be Laura Dern. Cody? For uh, clearly Cody. inferior performance. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's going to be ScarJo uh, in second place, but uh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Josh Parm. Well, following that, um, yeah, I think Scarlett Johansson is your runner-up there, simply because, again, Jojo Rabbit is performing very well. She's also very good in the movie. She has a very big emotional kind of connection with that story. Uh, but, it, like Cody said, it doesn't really matter. Tom? <laughs> oh, Nicole. Well, I, so I was going to, I actually knew I skipped, but it's okay. Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get back uh, to you, Jennifer Nicole. Jennifer Lopez? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After that Super Bowl halftime show, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, honestly, I, I definitely see the support for ScarJo. I mean, obviously, she also like has two nominations, and you can't ignore that. Um, but just to be different, so that we don't do this and all have the same answers, I'll say that I think sitting somewhere there too is Florence Pugh because she's gotten mm-hmm. all. Precursor, you know, all, all the nominations across the board. She's seen as really up and coming. She also had Midsummer working for her and Fighting With My Family. I think there's a lot of good uh, will towards her in the industry right now. And I also think it's hilarious that Laura Dern, you know, is up here against two of her co-stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this will be the, the the only standing ovation for an acting award of the evening? Because I think it could it could be. No, no, I, I no. don't think so at all. I think they're all. I can actually locations. see all four of them getting standing up. Yeah, I, I think so too. What, you know they're gonna stand for Brad. Yeah, yeah. And and I know people are gonna be like, oh, you know, Joaquin. But like, guys, I'm telling you, they love Joaquin. They really do. <laughs> Clearly, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, Tom, what I really like about this category is these are five genuinely supporting performances. Yeah. Mm. There's, yeah. There's no category fraud here at all. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, Dern is fine. I think she's been better in other things, but, uh, you know, it's kind of a career thing. She's Hollywood royalty and she's also uh, politically connected. And he, she's just very, very well liked. And uh, I agree. I think she should be Academy president pretty soon. Um, but I, I put Scarjo second. Because I, you know, it really is a sympathetic role in a very popular film. Remember when we thought that uh, *Marriage Story* was going to win three Oscars for acting? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I speak for yourself. I never thought that. No, I, I didn't either. Um, <laughs> like Nicole, I think that Florence Pugh is riding a wave right now uh, that leads me to believe that she's number two actually in this category, um, despite yeah, the double noms for Scarlett Johansson. Um, she has that it girl factor right now uh, that I also think the um, the profile for her with Midsummer and uh, fighting with my family also uh, helped her this year uh, to secure that nomination. Yeah. Oh. It feels kind of like Meryl Streep's first nomination for Deer Hunter, where it's like, we'll get back. To yeah. The yeah Don't worry. It's this like, is really to, like a moment. It's like, well, welcome to the club. We'll see you again soon. Surely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, best actor uh, gonna go to Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Um, I, listen, I don't want to like get repetitive here. Adam Driver's number two, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Antonio's a pretty close number three, but yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But good for Jonathan Price for getting in here for like a career nomination. I love and it. Yeah, which is enjoy great. Enjoy the evening. Same, um, same with Antonio Banderas too. Both of them, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think Antonio Banderas is on the is on the comeback trail. Personally, I don't know. We'll see what he follows us up with. I mean, he did yeah. just do Doolittle after all, so. Oh, Everyone did Doolittle. Calm down. All right. And then uh, Best Actress, uh, Renee Zellweger is going to win for Judy. And uh, the number two to her is? Well, I, I'll point out that only one person has swept everything and lost the Oscar. And last time I checked, no one's thrown a phone and pulled a Russell Crowe. But I'm also going to go with Scarlett Johansson. I, I think that, you know what, hang in there. It's hard to lose twice in the, in the one evening, but you'll be back. I hope so. This was the first time that she's been invited, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think she'll be nominated again. Casey? Um, why not? I'll go with Sersha. <laughs> Cody? <laughs> yeah, ScarJo, I guess, because double nominee. But, uh, again, who cares? Dan Bear? <laughs> I think if anyone is in second place, it's Sersha, not ScarJo because ScarJo has not been campaigning and Sersha has and she's been a delight. I almost feel like ScarJo just like knows like deep down like I'm gonna yeah. lose like what does it matter you know yeah. like she does she does not care she's just happy that she has Oscar nominee next to her name as she should have all those years ago she's got to go make that Black Widow money you know Josh <laughs> mm-hmm. Ch- Parm yeah I kind of think that Sersha is probably the number two I think conventionally you would want to say Scarlett Johansson but I do think that I, I maybe just given the longer history that Ronan has with the Oscars that would put her having as having a little bit more support than Johansson does in this category okay uh Nicole um yeah I mean trees don't get Oscars um <laughs> oh. like uh, you have to look at the history here though like this is ScarJo's first time being nominated and yes she's nominated twice but this is Sarah's fourth nomination um she also got a nomination at a much younger age than most people ever do and I think the academy really likes her and I think they're waiting for the right time to reward her but I think that that probably means that she's you know up second here and and for a really good performance as well, you know, it, it wouldn't just be because they're looking for a time. I promise you all right now, Sersher's Oscar uh, winning role is going to be something um, that is going to scare us. It, not in terms of horror. Huh? I mean, like, I'm talking like room level of just horrific emotional bludgeoning, you know? You should have won for Brooklyn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be a nice movie. Let, let me put it to you that way. Like, Search is not going to win for a nice movie. She'll win for something that's dramatically so fucking heavy. It just destroys us. <laughs> Hopefully it's not porn like Kate Winslet. Well, but that's what I mean. That's what I mean. No, that's what they always win for. You know, Oh God, I don't want that for her. It's going to happen mm. anyway. Uh, Tom. Oh, boy. You've, you've just brought me down. Oh, <laughs> Uh, I, I think Sersha's second. I, I really like Johansson's uh, performance in this. I mean, she's really, really good. Uh, but um, I think uh, uh, Sersha is so subtle in little, little Women. That is not something that wins Oscars. But you're right. I think she. I don't think she has to do us in order to win an Oscar. But uh, well, well, maybe a remake of Misery. But but you know. Oh God! Imagine. God for. Bid. I love Kathy Bates gives her a blessing at the ceremony. 
Um, I I do actually believe that the number two here, um, believe it or not, is uh, yeah. I, I I'd actually I would actually say it is Sersha. Um, I, and for a while I would have said Scarlet, but um, I think that Little Women, if it had been released earlier, um, I I wonder about the possibilities of where this could have gone. Uh, best director is anyone not picking Sam Mendes at this point? No. Nope. He's nope. about to join a very exclusive club of people who have gone yeah. straight off of a Tony for direction, straight on to an Oscar for direction. Mm-hmm. And winning Twice. two. <laughs> two for <Yeah>. two. <laughs> um, he's won CCA. He's won Golden Globe. He's won BAFTA. He's won DGA. He's not losing. Yeah, no. you can't bet against that. No. If Bong had won one other prize, even if it was the uh, non-overlap uh, prize, like Golden Globe, let's say, hypothetically, I think we would have more of a discussion here, but I think it's pretty clear. Um, and I find it very weird that some people still think that Bong Joon-ho could win director, but Parasite lose picture. I yeah, think that right. is like the split that makes no sense to me. I, I, I think you're not to forget that Parasite is also nominated for screenplay, and that's where people can reward Bong. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like... And, 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 it, and we, it, we have that nasty international film category that they're going to yeah. him in. And... Um, yeah. I, it's so, they don't really reward. The, I mean, they will reward him, but they announce it as the winner of the country, so they might not be yeah. thinking about him in that situation. Well, let's uh, cut to the chase then. Let's get down to it. Uh, this is the moment we've all been waiting for after predicting uh, predict, predicting uh, <laughs> the last couple of uh, awards here. We now come to Best Picture. Nominees are 1917, Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Amanda. It's between two films with something as a spoiler. I'm curious to know. What do you think? Since we're reliving the Oscar race of 1998, um, I'm going to go with Parasite because it won SAG. So you're predicting it to do a uh, Shakespeare in Love, basically. I am predicting it to win because it has overwhelming support amongst the actors because it got those two standing ovations. It made history along the way. And I think when you have, I think like Argo, forget about foreign language film for just a minute, editing, writing, picture, bing, bang, boom. All right. Casey? Yeah. I also have Parasite. I think it combo of having a feeling, I think even just getting that SAG Ensemble nomination, let alone the win and those standing ovations and that support in the room, I think having those key nominations like editing, which I do have it winning, Plus, to 1917 has always felt like a gravity or revenant to me where it wins a bunch of texts and it wins director, but it doesn't have that overwhelming passion support for picture. I've like been saying pie. that since day one. Since day one, I've been saying that. Uh, but man, oh man, it's amazing how these last couple of weeks have gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's also one more thing. We all knew it was going to win BAFTA. I don't know why we were like nail in the coffin done. Like we we knew that before it was a front runner that it was probably it's winning true. BAFTA. Yeah. What so, we right. didn't know, what we didn't know, and what was the real shocker was one one PGA. Yeah, that is true. that was that, is... that was big. Yeah. Uh, Cody, what do you think? Okay, so the SAG win for Parasite, which I predicted, I that really <laughs> did give me hope that it could possibly win. 
But here's the thing, guys. I haven't predicted a best picture correctly since fucking Argo. So I cannot <laughs> I cannot do this again. I cannot go with a thing that I would think would be kind of cool and I can see the path, but it's probably unlikely. So I have to go with like the overwhelming season narrative so far, which is 1917. And I don't think that's a a, a folly of a pick. I think that makes a nope. lot of sense on paper. Um, Parasite is a very close second, and I will not be surprised if when it wins. But 1917, because I can't be wrong again. Dan Bear. That's the good reason. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I look. I as when I got back from TIFF, and people asked me what, or we started talking about it's the season. What's going to win the Oscar? Sight unseen. I said 1917. Throughout this entire season, I have seen no reason to change that prediction, and I don't see any reason to change it now. It won PGA, it won the Globe, it won the BAFTA, it won DGA. It has won everything it needed to. And look, at the end of the day, the Oscar is an industry award that Hollywood is awarding to itself. The likelihood that a large enough percentage of people are going to be okay giving best picture to a film from South Korea is slim to none. I don't care how, I don't care about the passion around it. Like that's very evident, but when voters get into their private spaces and they're writing down what they're going to vote for. And remember that like, yes, actors and writers and all that, but there are also publicists in the Academy and lots of other people who are not artists and people who have very strict ideas about what the Oscar is and what it stands for. My, my question to you, Dan, based on what, how you like kind of framed that uh, image there, do you think that wh- which film do you think had a better has a better shot? Or, th- this is a weird question to ask. Basically, do you think that Parasite um, is in a better position than Roma was last year is what I'm trying to get at? Yes, absolutely. OK, because Roma had director, you know, in the bag. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, and I'm curious. Do you think that um, the foreign language uh, bias that you're referring to, right, with the industry, which um, argument do you think is stronger, that or the Netflix argument that was uh, leveled against Roma last year? I are we talking about Roma or Parasite? I'm confused. I'm, I'm talking your. So your reasons for saying why Parasite can't win reminds me of people saying why Roma couldn't win last year. Okay. Um, and two, being a foreign language film. Yeah. Uh, but it was more centered around the Netflix argument. And I'm just curious to know which argument do you think was stronger? The Netflix argument against Roma or the foreign language argument against Parasite? Oh, okay. Well, okay. If I mean, if we're talking about Roma, I think the bigger issue was actually the foreign language thing, not the Netflix thing. Okay. <laughs> So, so the argument's the same. So the argument's the same, basically. Both years. For me, the argument is the same. I don't know, and we have no way of knowing which it actually was, but it's probably a combination of both, right? Yeah. Yeah, could be absolutely. Um. Okay, that was a really compelling argument for 1917. Josh, what about you? I think, sir. Well, first of all, I feel a lot of pressure to get this category right because of what happened last year. So it's like, <laughs> more anxious. for a reminder, uh, Josh Parham was, I think the only person or maybe 
Right? No, I think you're the only person that predicted yeah. Green Book. He was. Yeah. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he was no, no, please do not do not put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so this is a situation where I feel a head versus heart kind of tug and tug and pull. Yes. I think that on paper, 1917 has everything that it needs to win Best Picture. And I think most importantly, what it has is the PGA. That is the most important precursor that it is one because it is the only one that uses a preferential ballot and it's what I used last year. But at the same time, I do look at how much love there is for Parasite, that it did win SAG Ensemble, that it did surprise at the Editor's Guild, which I didn't really see coming, that it has a Guild Award for writing and it is a likely screenplay winner. And lately, as we've seen, the path to win Best Picture is not through Best Director, it is through the writing awards. Mm -hmm. And I think that once it did win BAFTA and became a solid frontrunner there, that did give me the confidence to make a declaration that despite all the history that it has to beat, and despite it not even winning the PGA, that I think that there is still this pocket of support that is there for it, that really loves that movie, that will still benefit it on a preferential ballot, so for all of that, I am saying Parasite will win Best Picture. Wow. Dan, Josh, back-to-back back like that, I, I don't even know where to go I, right now. Let me be the first to say, I Parasite would make me... I would be so, so thrilled were that to win. It's my... Of these, it's my number two. Um, so, like, I, I would be thrilled. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, I was just going to say that, to be clear, I think that 1917 is very likely to win, too. And it has as much going for it as Parasite does. And sometimes it is just like you look at what's in front of you and maybe you just have to go with your instinct. And at this moment, my instinct is telling me Parasite. Does this remind you, Josh, of the Moonlight La La Land year at all? Uh, it very much reminds me of that. But the one thing about that race was that there was more time to let the backlash for La La Land set in, which I would also agree that that helps 1917, that because of this shortened season, there might not be as much of an opportunity for that backlash yeah. to come about. But what about the fact that 1917 has no support at SAG? It couldn't get into stunt ensemble. And we've only seen one film ever be completely shut out at SAG. Because it opened late. It's it's they that short season. It. it opened late. Yeah, I I, I yeah, equate it to that. Me, really, because I, I, even though even individual acting wise, there's no way I don't think that um, George Mackay or Dean Charles Chapman would have gotten in individually. Maybe the ensemble, uh, maybe because it has like every British actor alive in it. Stunt ensemble nomination. It couldn't get into stunts. But 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 like I said, that could be chalked up to. They didn't see it. Um, there have been other late December releases, um, yep. like uh, Quentin Tarantino's films and things like that that have missed its SAG before because yep. they were uh, December Christmas releases. So I, I think that tracks here. Yeah. I I know, but I'm just you know you. I agree, though, Amanda. I I definitely agree that it does not have the support of the actors branch. I, I'm with you on that. That is something that could be its downfall. We've seen that time. And time again, you have to have some support amongst the actors. There's something else to be said for the fact, too, that the Producers Guild um, are about, what, 2,000, 3,000 voting members, um, even though they do use a preferential ballot. 
uh, we've seen in the last couple of years the PGA uh, definitely be off with the Oscar for Best Picture because they, too, use a preferential ballot. But the voting size of the Academy is uh, three times as large as the PGA. And one thing that I know for sure is I know for sure that if you pull enough people, if you go on the streets of wherever you are, you ask enough people um, that have seen these movies, uh, Parasite is objectively, clearly the runaway number one favorite amongst the majority of the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, in terms of ranking on a preferential, that could screw things up. But, um, yeah, I, I still to this day, I've not met a single person that's seen Parasite that that hated it. Not one. It It's true. However, that doesn't necessarily mean anything when it comes to Ampus members in the privacy of their own homes voting for their ballots. Sure. I get it. I get it, but it got news anchors in the middle of the country to give it best ensemble. Over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, over Irishman. Oh, right, but best ensemble because they're not going to give it best picture and they want to give it something. It's already winning best international feature. Bong is winning either director or screenplay. Yeah. There are other places where they're going to honor it and say and feel okay i'm giving it this award and we're best picture that is for english language the, it hasn't happened a fully foreign language feature has not won best picture ever nope it has never happened 92 years of academy 91 sorry 91 years it's never but happened i think we are getting closer to it happening because we I, keep- I agree i agree but I don't think what- this is the year. I, I just I just don't. I mean, like, yes, the the double the two standing ovations at SAG count for something, but like I, I don't think that it has what it takes in this category in this year. I just don't. Nicole. So I think that we're Like, I feel very lucky in that I think that we have two films that are frontrunners that are both very deserving of this award. Um, That's something that we didn't have last year. Um, (laughs) Sorry, that was shadier than I meant it to sound. Um, And so, like, I guess what I'm saying is I keep flip-flopping back and forth. I think they're both very deserving, and I think that there's a good argument to be made for either one. Personally, if anyone remembers way back in the summer when we like for the first time said what we thought was going to win the Oscar for Best Picture, I said 1917 uh, back before it was the thing to predict. And I feel like that means I need to stick with it now Um, because because there is a clear path. And I feel like maybe (laughs) I for once had like, you know, the gut instinct that was correct. So I'm sticking with it now. I also do worry about how many Academy members are going to watch a foreign language film. Um, because we know that that is still an attitude that prevails amongst a certain group of people. Um, not that I condone it. I think it's terrible, but it's true. Um, and so I'm sticking with 1917. I committed early on and, and we're, we're in a committed relationship now. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. I think you have it winning eight. I think so. Yeah. Nine. Oh my God. Uh, Tom. Well, Matt, you know, um, that I have been, uh, just have adored Parasite since I first saw it way back in June and has been its greatest champion. Uh, and, you know, I just, every so often I just pop it in and just 
adore it. Um, you know, it the question is, are the actors enough? Um, there's also the editors, and there's also the writers, and that's considerable. Um, 1917 will sweep through um, Ann Thompson's steak eaters, the sound and editing, and the sound and uh, uh, visual effects people. Um, and I think this is going to be very, very close. Um, I, I personally have not met anyone who adores 1917. I tend to meet people who admire it. Um, but like you, I, I haven't found a single person who doesn't adore Parasite. Uh, my, my head says 1917. My heart says Parasite. And I'm going to go with my heart this time. Uh, I am doing what I did in 2016. I am predicting uh, the film that did not win the PGA DGA uh, based on a feeling. I remember uh, saying the year of Moonlight La La Land that I had this feeling uh, and it it correlated to um, the rise of uh, Trump. Uh, during that time and I remember thinking that a win for Moonlight just meant more to the world than a win for La La Land and this is one of those times where I am going to predict the split uh, because of the passion because of the feeling uh, I, I I mean there is obviously stats to back up my reasoning here but um, I don't often predict splits I don't like predicting splits they don't okay. make me happy to do so um, believe me when I tell you I think the best directed film of the year uh, should usually go to uh, the best film of the year I agree uh, but I, I I can't help but shake this feeling that Parasite is destined to do something like break just it's already history like history's already been made but i i just i i can't shake the feeling of it i just can't and uh i'll be happy with either one winning because 1917 is like my third favorite film of the year like i i'd be so i'd be so about it still uh but another thing to also consider is i i also have this very very odd uh feeling about once upon a time in Hollywood, if for some reason early on in the night, uh, kind of like what, with what happened last year when Green Book won screenplay, if Tarantino does win screenplay, mm-hmm. I will be wondering, oh boy, like are we <laughs> heading for yeah. another scenario like this again? Yeah. You know, and then yeah. maybe CCA I, was right. <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> you know, it is crazy to me that there is an alternate universe where. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is still like a major front runner and winning almost everything it's nominated for. Sure. Like, there is a world somewhere out there. It's not this one, but <laughs> there is a world. <laughs> I, I, it's crazy to me. Like, and, and as someone who didn't even like the movie all that much, like, it's it's crazy to me just how much it didn't hit with the guild wins. Yeah. Hi guys, I'm Dean. And I'm Daniel. And we're from the Movie Journey Podcast. Where we break down every movie from the IMDB Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. We're also home of the Pod V Pod, where we battle other podcasters in various movie games and drafts. We also do reviews of new releases, film tournaments, top five lists, and talk about everything else we've watched as well. We used to be the IMDB Journey Podcast, but since then, we've grown and matured with age. Yeah, if you don't believe us, why don't you listen to some more genuine tests? Testimonies. Oh, hey guys! I uh, I used to like the IMDb Journey podcast, but since then I've found something even better. It's the Movie Journey podcast. 
Oi, bro. I know I said the IMDb Journey podcast was a good show, but the Movie Journey podcast is so much better. Absolutely for sure. Yeah. You know, I used to think that nothing could be funnier than IMDb Journey, but I've now found my joy in Movie Journey podcast. The IMDb Journey podcast is nothing compared to the Movie Journey podcast. Absolutely love this podcast. <laughs> oh, amazing oh, testimonies once again. Absolutely legit and real. Of course. And if you still don't believe those testimonies, go ahead and check out the show for yourself by searching for the Movie Journey podcast. You can find us on all your favourite platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and Podbean. So come along and join our journey. With all that said and with all that out of the way, um, here's what I would like to end uh, our Oscar uh, nomination predictions on. If there was um, a plot, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this very clearly. A plausible upset. OK, that basically means there is a world where you could see it happening. The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood thing in picture, I think, is a good example of this, where it's like you could see a world where this happens, um, but it would still be like a break the stats, break the Internet, break like everybody like, oh, my God, like kind of a moment. Mm-hmm. What do you think that is? Amanda. Um, mine's a tie between Thomas Goodmaker and Thomas Newman. Uh, you mean like, wait, wait. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Either one of them winning. I thought you meant like they both tie on the same night. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I just think that like, you know, Thomas Newman could go along for the ride. Um, especially if 1917 is going to take best picture. And, you know, sometimes you can't, you, you can't really, um, predict how these, we, th- we can use all the logic in the world and then, you know, they give it to a, a real pioneer woman editor. Mm. Yeah, really deserves that 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 history. So. Casey, um, I feel like I already said it with Greta winning screenplay, and I feel like the stats are against her to an extent. So I'll just stick with that. Okay, Dan. Um, you know what? Fine, I'm just gonna say it. Deacon's losing. <gasps> to to Huvo. Oh my God! Sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> to who? <laughs> to who you say? <laughs> to Joker. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that would definitely be something. Um, there would be an audible gasp in the audience if that. <laughs> if it's, let me say, if that happens, I like. I'll be like, fuck it. It's winning Best Picture now. <laughs> like. <laughs> Cody? Um, okay, so there is a world where um, a certain movie we are predicting to win a screenplay prize then takes <laughs> um, costume design, takes editing. Um, talk about Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, I could very well see if it gets those Love three, it. which is like, I think, pretty strongly second place in um, those two tech categories and second place in supporting actress. Um, I would not be absolutely unbelievably shocked if it also took Best Picture. TIFF Audience Award winner. Don't it's forget. Done, it's done Cody, so Cody, that well. would make me so happy. Uh, it so would happy. make me happy. But... So happy <laughs> that was my favorite movie of the year. I would be I ecstatic if that happened. And that's how much this is not my bias because I do not like that movie. But I think it's done really well with the guilds. Um I, I could see it happening. I think there is a world where that's happening. Am I going to predict it? Uh, uh, hell no. Absolutely not. No. But <laughs> if, if it happens, you all can remember this moment. and thank There me. was a path for it. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one, Cody. I like that. Uh, Josh? 
Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say I 100% agree with that, Cody. That's why it is number three in my best picture ranking right now, because I really feel like that there is groundwork for that movie to win that a lot of people are ignoring. Um, but I also do think that I do think that The Irishman could very well still take film editing. It is not ranked very high for me, and I don't see that as a really likely scenario. But again, with that many nominations and the editing, I think, being the point that a lot of the fans of that movie really rally around, I could see a scenario where they all say, let's get this one win for the movie. And that could still pull through despite it not winning really too many editing precursors up until this point. Okay. Um, Nicole. Well, I was going to say what Cody said, um, but since he's taken that. You can still echo it. I mean, I'll echo that, but I'll also say I think that maybe there's a world where, and I'm not positive what I think it goes to, but original screenplay goes to something that's not Parasite or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I don't think it would be 1917. Maybe it would be Marriage Story. I don't know. But I think, like, that would certainly be a shocking thing. But it wouldn't, like, I wouldn't be like, well, they cheated somehow. You know, like, I don't <laughs> believe that it had happened. Yeah. Because I think that those two could split votes. Uh, right. Tom? This may not seem like a, you know, far out upset. Um, but my uh, dream upset is Bong winning Best Director. Yeah. I mean, he did win the Critics' Choice um, in a tie with Sam Mendes, but okay. It's not, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just saying that it's not like he hasn't won nothing. You know, so, uh, mine is, um, mine is something that I thought of, which was the Genesis for me asking this question. Um, mine is Joker winning best picture uh, to compliment, uh, <laughs> to, to compliment Joaquin, the score, <laughs> another possible guild upset. I'm sorry. A tech upset win. And also leading in Oscar nominations. And we would all look back and we would all be like, that's what I would win. Holy hell. The writing was you know, on the wall. You, you had to go and say that when you could have just said that the strangest Oscar statistic ever keeps up its streak. And Jonathan Price wins. <laughs> <laughs> How that is that very true. How did he win Best Actor? <laughs> because Anthony McCartan has a 100 uh, percent yeah. record for writing oh Best Actor in the world. I know it's true. Let me tell you something. If Jonathan Price had won any of the other like major awards anywhere else during the season, I would be championing this statistic so hard. <laughs> I'd be like, guys, I'm warning you all. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're not there. We're not well, there. The difference is the two popes is actually good. So that's the only. <laughs> Ooh. There's, there's, the, there's the difference. All right. Well, listen, speaking of our own preferences of what we think is good. Are you guys ready? I am going to reveal your choices for the 2019 MVP Film Award winners. Hmm. <gasps> Nominations voted on by the staff of nextbestpicture.com. The winners themselves voted on by the staff of nextbestpicture.com. These are all done, every category, on a preferential ballot. And uh, because this year uh, we had 20 people voting, uh, we actually have some ties, uh, which makes things uh, pretty interesting. It's a tie. (laughs) Yeah, thrown in the hip, burn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm not kidding. 
if there's ties, can we do live tiebreakers? You can say no. Yes. Yes. All right. So, how many people do we have on right now? <laughs> Starting with me. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight of us on right now. I don't think we would be able to do a tie. Because what if uh, we just do four four? We could do a tiebreaker. Well, well, plus, yeah. I don't think it's fair to not have the rest of the staff contribute to a tiebreaker. I, I agree. I agree. That is true. So, the, we do have four ties, and they are going to stand. Oh, my goodness. I will announce a runner-up and a winner. For the ties, I will just announce the two winners. All right? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. All right, here we go. Best original song. Uh, nominees were Frozen 2 Into the Unknown, Frozen 2 For Show Yourself, Harriet Stand Up, Rocket Man, I'm Gonna Love Me Again, and Wild Rose, Glasgow. And the runner-up is Show Yourself from Frozen 2. The better song. Yes. And the winner is Glasgow from Wild Rose. Yes. Yes. That's a terrific song. Should have been at the Oscars. Yeah. Best original score. Nominees are 1917, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, and Us. The runner-up is Alexandra Desplat for Little Women. <laughs> and the winner is Thomas Newman for 1917. My two faves! For the category of Best Visual Effects, nominees are 1917, Ad Astra, Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. The runner-up for Best Visual Effects is 1917. Woo-hoo. And the winner is Ad Astra. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I, had I had a feeling. feeling. Yes. <laughs> for Best Sound Editing, nominees are 1917, Ad Astra, Avengers Endgame, Ford v. Ferrari, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. The runner-up here is Ford v. Ferrari, and the winner is 1917. Yay! Mm-hmm. And then for the category for Best Sound Mixing, uh, nominees are 1917, Ad Astra, Ford v. Ferrari, Rocket Man, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And the winners in a tie Ooh. are... Ford v. Ferrari and 1917. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility mm-hmm. to happen on the Oscar telecast. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg just comes out. No kidding. We have a tie. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not BSing you all. Best makeup and hairstyling. Nominees are 1917, Bombshell, The Irishman, Judy, and Little Women. Runner up for best makeup and hairstyling is 1917. Hell yeah. Yes. And the winner is Bombshell. Boom. I'm so shocked. It will be at Oscar 2. <laughs> that was one and two. For best costume design, nominees are Dolomite Is My Name, The Irishman, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Rocket Man. And the winners <gasps> in a tie are Dolomite Is My Name. Yes. Yes. Are you listening, Oscar? And Rocket Man. Yeah! Oh, wow. I was hoping it was going to be those two. <laughs> Which is why Cody's comment is so appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best tie ever. Yep. Oh. Best production design. Nominees are 1917, The Irishman, 
Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. The runner-up is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And the winner for Best Production Design goes to Parasite. Yep. Objectively the best. Yes. (laughs) For Best Film Editing... 1917, Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Parasite, and Uncut Gems. Runner-up is 1917. Yay! Wow. Winner is Parasite. Yes. Mm. For cinematography, nominees are 1917, Ad Astra, The Lighthouse, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire. The runner-up for Best Cinematography is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yep. Yes. Hell yeah. And the winner is Roger Deakins for 1917. I love it when we strike out on our own. (laughs) For original screenplay, uh, nominees are The Farewell, Knives Out, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. The runner-up is Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yay! Mm. And the winner is Parasite. Sensing a theme here. (laughs) For Best Adapted Screenplay, nominees are A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, and The Two Popes. And the runner-up is Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. And the winner is Greta Gerwig for Little Women. Yes. Yay. Uh, For Debut Director... Nominees are Maddie Diop for Atlantics, Alma Harrell for for Honey Boy, Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz, not that Michael Schwartz, for The Peanut Butter Falcon, <laughs> Joe Talbot for The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and Olivia Wilde for Booksmart. The runner-up is Olivia Wilde for Woo! Booksmart. Yes! Yeah. And the winner is Alma Harrell for Honey Boy. Dan Howitt is going to be so happy. Hell yeah. <laughs> Two women. For best breakout performance, nominees are Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit, Julia Fox for Uncut Gems, Kelvin Harrison Jr. for Loose, Noah Jupe for Honey Boy, and Jonathan Majors for The Last Black Man in San Francisco. The runner-up is... Kelvin Harrison Jr. for Loose. Yes. Awesome. So, so good. And the winner is Noah Jupe for Honey Boy. Oh, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> my tiny son. <laughs> <laughs> this was the most competitive acting category we had. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I thought so, too, actually. It was pretty intense, uh, considering also Roman Griffin Davis was in that category as well. Um, they, he, too, is going up against Noah Jupe in another category later. Uh, best voice performance. Kristen Bell for Frozen 2. Billy Eichner for The Lion King. Tony Hale for Toy Story 4. Tom Hanks for Toy Story 4. And Idina Menzel for Frozen 2. Uh, runner-up is Kristen Bell for Frozen 2. Yay! And the winner is Billy Eichner for The Lion King. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I figured uh, that yeah. was going to happen. <laughs> good, good, good. What? Best best part about that movie, in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Yes. Justice for Forky. Um, yes. <laughs> you know why I figured it was going to happen? Because it's like SAG rules. He was the only one that was the only nomination for that film. 
Okay, fair. <laughs> anyone from that film anyway. But it's right. Billy Eichner, Dan. I don't care. <laughs> for best youth performance, Julia Butters for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Robin Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit, Noah Jupe for Honey Boy, Thomas and McKenzie for Jojo Rabbit, and Archie Yates for Jojo Rabbit. This is the cutest category ever. <laughs> I love that we nominated Archie Yates. <laughs> yes, me too. He's taking over for Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, and I'm so excited. Oh, <laughs> the runner-up is Roman Griffin Davis for <gasps> Jojo Rabbit. Oh my god. Ooh. Oh my god. Oh my god. Up. And the winner is Noah Jupe for Honey Boy. <laughs> Honey Boy Hive. <laughs> I'm so happy. Shout out to Julia Butter. She was amazing. Uh, I don't like being called sugar puss. <laughs> uh, for best supporting actress, nominees are Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, Florence Pugh for Little Women, Margot Robbie for Bombshell, Zhao Shuzen for The Farewell, and Octavia Spencer for Loose. This is where I'll ask if anybody has any predictions. J-Lo for the win. I think Octavia will probably do a little runner-up. I'm, like, too scared to predict Octavia. Yeah. Very next best picture, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a tie. <gasps> oh, wow. Between the two of them? Make me so happy. The winners are... Florence Pugh for Little Women. Ah. <laughs> Wow. And Octavia Spencer for Loose. Oh, wow. I am so smart. Oh, my God, amazing. Literally my number one and number two in that category. Mm -hmm, Me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me three. You can see how this happened. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Best Supporting Actor. (laughs) Uh, Nominees are Song Kang Ho for Parasite. Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Shia LaBeouf for Honey Boy, Al Pacino for The Irishman, and Joe Pesci for The Irishman. Predictions? It is what it is. <laughs> I I feel like we're loving Honey Boy. I feel like Shia's got this. Oh. The runner-up is Song Kang-ho for Parasite. Oh, nice. And the winner is Shia LaBeouf <gasps> for Honey Boy. <laughs> yeah. I told you we're loving Honey Boy. Wow. Just, did we give it four awards? That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and Noah Jupe twice. Yeah. As it's what he deserves. <laughs> Best actress. Aquafina for The Farewell. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Lupita Nyong'o for Us. Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. And Renee Zellweger for Judy. Predictions. Saoirse. Lupita. Not Renee. Lupita. Oh, yeah. Well, Our final tie. <gasps> my God. Is between Lupita Nyongo for Us. Yes. And Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Yes, this is oh, my wow. favorite one of the- I love these two so much. Best actor. Nominees are Robert De Niro for The Irishman. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. Come on, folks, don't let me down. (laughs) I think these are between the two Adams. Yeah, Sandler. The runner-up 
is Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Wow. Can't win them all. (laughs) And the winner is Adam. Driver for Marriage Story. (laughs) That was louder than I meant to be. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Nicole did not breathe for the last 10 seconds. (laughs) For Best Ensemble, uh, nominees are Irishman, Knives Out, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. The runner-up is Little Women. Oh. And the winner is Parasite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that correct. Yeah. Best Director. <laughs> nominees are Greta Gerwig for Little Women, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, Josh and Benny Safdie for Uncut Gems, and Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Runner-up is Sam Mendes for 1917. Yay! Well, that makes Winner? Sense. Give me the Safties. Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> it's yeah. obviously a punch. Passing around the bong. Take a hit for Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> Happily. <laughs> now for the best film categories. Uh, best overlooked film. Nominees are Blinded by the Light, Brittany Runs a Marathon, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Loose, and Waves. Can I just say this is the best best picture lineup of the year? <laughs> I'm just so happy Brittany runs a marathon. Got in. That was my I favorite one of mine. Love that movie. The runner-up is Loose. Woo! Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the winner is the last black man in San Francisco. <gasps> awesome. Yes. Awesome. Oh my god. I'm so happy. So good. For best sci-fi horror film, nominees are Ad Astra, The Lighthouse, Midsummer, Ready or Not, and Us. Oh, that's my favorite category. I know, right? <laughs> me too, too, Cody. This is ridiculous. I've only seen one in the lineup, so. I love all my spooky, disgusting movies. <laughs> the runner-up is The Lighthouse. And the winner is Midsummer. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I watched that this weekend. I'm I'm worried about all y'all. <laughs> Honey, I'm the May Queen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Best comedy film. Nominees are Booksmart, Dolomite is my name, Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, and Late Night. The runner-up. Good category. Seriously. The runner-up is Booksmart. Yay! And the winner is Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Woo-hoo! Okay, yeah. I like it. Best action film. Nominees are 1917, Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. The runner-up is Avengers Endgame. And the winner is 1917. How? I just I just want to say thank you for letting my son Tom Holland's movie into this category. <laughs> Best documentary feature film. Nominees are American Factory, Apollo 11 for Sama, Honeyland, and One Child Nation. The runner-up is for Sama. And the winner is Apollo 11. And then for Best International Feature Film. Nominees are Atlantics, Les Miserables, Pain and Glory, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and Parasite. Runner-up is Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and the winner is Parasite. 
Thank God. Very happy. Absolutely not. I just can't believe that. For best animated film, nominees are Frozen 2, How to Train Your Dragon in World, I Lost My Body, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. The runner-up is I Lost My Body. I wrote by name. I love that name. (laughs) And the winner is Missing Link. Ooh. Ooh. Like a... (laughs) Interesting. And to finish things off, uh, nominees for Best Picture are 1917, The Farewell, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, The Lighthouse, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, and Uncut Gems. The runner-up is... Little Women. <gasps> Woo! Oh my god, I've Yay. never been so proud to be a part of this team. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. And the winner is Parasite. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yes, it is. We all get rights. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations, team. Those are our awards for 2019. Did Parasite sweep? Uh... You know what? <laughs> That's a really good question. I think Song Kang Ho because he didn't win. Oh yeah, yeah. But he I was think the runner-up, like, right? Yeah, he yeah. was runner-up. Yeah. Yeah. But is that about seven or eight awards? I'll tell you right now. Actually, it was so it was nominated for eight: one production design, one film editing, one screenplay. Uh, did not win supporting actor. One ensemble, one director. So yeah, uh, without that supporting actor win, it won seven. And even then, it was the runner-up. Yep. So almost a near sweep. How many did 1917 take? Uh, 1917 ended up taking, uh, let's see here. Uh, so it won for Best Action Film. Uh, it also, well, actually, you know what? It didn't win as many as you would think then, actually. Uh, so if you go like down to the text and cinematography, um, I guess the two sounds, yes, yeah, so that's four, score five. Just barely edging out Honey Boy. Yeah. Honey Boy was the big surprise here. Lots of love for Honey Boy. So I'm really, uh, I'm really, really happy, guys, uh, you know, with how this year has just turned out. It seems to be a lot less contentious than years in the past. And uh, it seems like, you know, everybody's on the same page in terms of, uh, you know, films that they wanted to get awards recognition, got awards recognition this year for the most part. So that's really nice. And... You know, the community awards are out. These awards are out. Uh, only thing that's left now is our end of the decade uh, results, which we'll do uh, post-Oscars. Uh, maybe not even the week after. Maybe, like, the following week, to be honest. We need something to do. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll probably talk about those at a later time. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if you guys have any other questions in regards to the uh, votes or anything, I'm all I'm all, uh, I'm all, all ears if you guys wanna, want me to answer anything. But, yeah, that's it. We'll take it. There you go. So many ties. Um, I, I don't know what we could have done there uh, to break those, but... We could have done tiebreakers live on the air like some handsome person <laughs> suggested. <laughs> but I do, I do so agree sorry, that it would have been unfair. <laughs> All right, I do agree it would have been unfair. I will say this. I think The Irishman is the biggest loser um, in NBP Film Award history uh, with 12 nominations, a leading 12, and a, not a single win. Well, she better get used to it because it's going to happen <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my god amazing uh before we go last bit 
uh, is I do really quickly want to just see if there's any questions here from our fans that we did not already indirectly address. Because I do want to give them uh, the light of day. We're not. We're still got 45, 50 minutes to get to the Irishman time. Oh, all right. Well, here's a question from Isaiah Washington. If Little Women does go home empty-handed, do you think that could strike um, an effect on how people think of the Oscars and acknowledging female-directed films? I mean, it's already been a thing that's been thought of. I don't think that'll, you yeah. know, yeah, put I think the that nail director the lineup has already done that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, because it was never really like Lady Bird in the top five for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Right, I agree. So it, it's it's it's. In the races, but it's not like in the hunt mm-hmm. in a lot of these categories. I feel like the nominations like and the director lineup already kind of proved that there's a problem with uh, gender in the Academy. I feel like and we don't not, need to see what wins to yeah, know and that. Not, and it's not just director. You know, no one's made any fuss about the fact that we haven't had another woman nominated in cinematography there's only one woman nominated in editing there's you know a woman hasn't won a screenplay in god knows how long i can't even remember there's a lot of other places where there are problems other than the directing category Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that need to be addressed a woman i mean editing is probably next to costume and production design and makeup one of the best categories women have performed in as far as the tech is concerned and they've never had more nominations than men. It's, I, I think it's only been once in history that there's been two nominated. There's a lot further they need to go that, than just the directing category. Yeah, because um, once one uh, gets nominated every year, then the question will then become, okay, now when are we going to get two? And it's never going to end, I don't think, in our lifetime. Um, I think it's going to be a continuous thing um until and when i say lifetime i'm talking about the day where it's five women nominated across the whole category to match the decades of five men being nominated that's what that's what i'm referring to there um we so, might not live to see that no that's what i mean it, yeah. it won't happen in our lifetime so uh but you know it's like you gotta you gotta take that first initial step you know and so far we've been stumbling in just even being able to take that uh, all right, let's see what else we have here. Uh, we already answered that. Okay, uh, we kind of answered this, but I want to try. I want to try this one more time. Whit Fessmeyer asks: Last year, Green Book winning screenplay pretty much locked it up as a Best Picture winner in the evening. For Parasite and 1917, what non-obvious award win would suggest that it is locked as the Best Picture winner later on in the evening? I'd say for 1917, um, uh, score. And uh, makeup. Okay. Oh, if we I mean, makeup, yeah. I'm turning off the if TV. It doesn't won, matter. If it won screenplay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. If it won screenplay it's itself. Stop watching. Oh. Yeah. 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 Jesus Christ. I can't even imagine it winning screenplay, to be honest with you. Oh. But fun. yeah, that would be the sign. That would be. It would be <laughs> it'd, just be it'd just be Parasite for screenplay. It would be a very interesting way to get a uh, female screenplay winner. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That is true. That is true. <laughs> but on the other hand, if um, Parasite would have to win like everything leading up to director yeah, for me to switch much, at this yeah. point, to be honest. Yeah. I think that production design would make me question. Yes, that would yeah. that, that would make me go, okay, 
Um, but it yeah. wouldn't make me go, okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ian Balakalak asks, which Oscar category has been the toughest one to predict this season? So if we think <laughs> back on our predictions from earlier, which is the one that, like, killed you the most? Editing. Film editing. Yeah. Easy. Editing. Adapted screenplay. Editing and adapted screenplay. Actor's been tough this year. Film editing has been hard all season <laughs> is the only thing. Like, adapted screenplay kind of locked in recently, but film editing, I, I mean, we are all still screaming, so who knows? Animated for me. Oh, yeah. Tough one too. Fun. yeah. And also visual effects with that going to someone different at every precursor for the most part. Yeah. Kevin Jacobson asks, uh, what are your thoughts on the high expectations people had for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Marriage Story at the beginning of this award season versus what actually happened? So I think that part of what happened, honestly, is that we had a pretty slow beginning of the year. So I feel like people were very quick to cling on to something, if that makes sense. No, it's true. Because the first half of the year was so empty of anything that could be an awards contender that then... We, you know, had two films that were pretty widely seen, I feel like, um, and people were quick to cling on to them because, you know, it, it felt like it was pretty wide open. And we had so many late releases that ended up being bigger players. Yeah, I think the thing with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that it's just like enough Enough like regular people, not film critic people, thought it was just not Tarantino's best. It was long and slow and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think with Marriage Story, honestly, that's the biggest example of Netflix's hubris. Uh, I think with Marriage Story, another thing that kind of doomed that movie is that, and this is something that also I think affected The Irishman a little bit, it became a very much East Coast movie. And that mm-hmm. that really does isolate your L.A. voters. Yeah, I think also, the um, you know, in those earlier festivals with Venice and Telluride and TIFF with Marriage Story being the big necklace play because they had nobody had seen The Irishman yet and it was still this up in the air thing. Mm-hmm. And then when it became that Irishman was a big thing, then they kind of didn't know what to do with both of them. And then mm-hmm. yeah. neither of them have gotten anywhere outside of Laura Dern. So, but, but we 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 all really had that. Uh, we kind of fell for that because I think for the longest time we had called it untitled Noah Baumbach project or something. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and I, and I think many of us had it number one until we actually saw it. Yes, it's true. I remember uh, the minute I saw it, I remember thinking to myself, "Well, it's not a Best Picture winner, but it could be a screenplay winner. It could be this. It could be that." It. Marriage Story, to me, followed the exact same trajectory that A Star is Born did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. that, that, I feel like that's exactly what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is. Yeah, done. I was going to say, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the one that showed up at every single guild and then didn't win anything. <laughs> and got the same number of Oscar nominations. <laughs> where, where Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, can possibly win more than just Brad Pitt, Marriage Story is just going to win Dern and only Dern, and that's how I felt you know, with Stars Born last year of song. I think that's where that comparison is coming from more so for me. And there was a point when people thought it could have won multiple acting awards. I think the problem really is that we're just in kind of a C minus kind of C plus kind of year where it, we're just trying to find us. We're just trying to find a narrative to follow. And these were early releases personally. Yeah. Uh, this has come from a couple of people, and um, I'll just end it with this on a positive, happy note. Amanda, um, 
you know, and listen, you guys have already probably maybe alluded to this before, but um, Amanda, what win on Oscar night, plausible or not, doesn't matter. What win would make you the happiest? Thelma Schoonmaker, because I think she would get up there with the knowledge that this is her historic and say something about women representation in film because uh, I think we need to hear that from someone like her who's been around as long as she's been around. Casey? Um, Mine would be Greta Gerwig for adapted screenplay for I think what she did as an adaptation as well as just that screenplay and what that film and her work has meant to me. I think that that would be the one that would probably get me to cry, which isn't hard to do, but that would be the one. Cody? Mine's also uh, Little Women and Adapted Screenplay. I love Greta Gerwig. It's my favorite movie of the year. I think it's a stunning adaptation that really just redefines and also defines what the category is for. And it would just make me so happy. Dan Bear. Um, um, Okay, since it's the only nomination the film got and it's my favorite movie of the year, if Tom Hanks somehow pulled out a win... I would cry. I, I would cry the happiest of tears. I'm even starting to cry now thinking about it. So I'm going to shut up. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> oh, I would love to see someone like that be completely surprised because he's always kind of known he was going to win in the past. Mm-hmm. Josh Parm. Uh, the thing that would make me the happiest is something that's not going to happen. I know, but my favorite performance given by any actor last year was Antonio Banderas in pain and glory. And I find that performance to be just so moving and wonderful. And if there were any chance that he could give an upset in that category, that would drive me over the moon because I am just such in love with that movie and in particular his performance in it. Josh, that was my second choice for this uh, question. It's it's by I'm far loving- my best actor winner. Yeah, me too. I'm loving everyone's picks. I just want to say this is like my favorite segment we've done. Nicole? Um, so obviously no one will be shocked to hear that I would be thrilled if Greta won Best Adopted Screenplay, but also, um, if, and it it would never happen, um, but if Adam Driver were to win Best Actor, you would all, from wherever you are, be able to hear my reaction, (laughs) and I wouldn't stop talking about it for the next 10 years. Oh, me too. Me too. (laughs) Ditto. He was great in the movie. He, he made me believe that he couldn't open a pickle jar. And that, my friends, is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> we just hear the sound of you punching a wall from miles away. <laughs> You'll do the knife. Tom? I, I rarely fall in love with real estate in a movie, but but those two houses in Parasite just, just oh, tickled me to death. Yeah. And I just hope that something like that could be possibly recognized. And I would jump up and cheer. Uh, mine is uh, when Joaquin Phoenix uh, wins Best Actor, Adam Sandler comes on stage, just leans into the mic and says, I disagree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is Adam Sandler going to the Oscars this year? <laughs> no. And, and then, then he turns around and says, this is how I win. Yeah, but, yeah right. <laughs> He just pulls like a Kanye West. I'm going to let you finish Wait, Joaquin. No, how amazing would that be if Joaquin decides to not show up and send Sandler in his place? <laughs> it would be better than uh, Marlon Brando winning for The Godfather. It would be like, that would be one of those top Oscar moments like of all time. Uh, yes, that's so much. Uh, uh, but my real, my real answer is um, Newman. I don't like seeing people go that yeah. long uh, without winning. And, uh, you know, also, too, like, you know, 
I, I also want to echo that, yes, I do feel the same way when it comes to Diane Warren, because I've, I've seen some people like ask me, what about Diane Warren? Um, I, I do feel the same way. I just I, I can't like like Cody. I can't get behind that movie. <laughs> I just well, also, can't. With, the difference is that it's very slim chance that Diane Warren could win this year. There is a chance that Thomas Newman could win. Yeah. So yeah. it just gives you a little bit more like possible hope. Like you weren't probably saying the same thing when he's up for Passengers. No, I wasn't. I was definitely not. I, I also feel like it almost feels like Diane Warren winning for that song and that movie would like taint it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like if Daniel Suddick finally won an Oscar in visual effects, but it wasn't for a Marvel film. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with that said, I will be recording probably my reaction when the Best Picture envelope is open. So just so you all know, be prepared that if it is Parasite, uh, you will see the full on Matt Neglia like, <gasps> you know, just, like just, moment. Just a warning for anyone who might watch that video if that happens, just turn your volume down all the way down, yeah. all the way. <laughs> I will try not to throw Take that many F-bombs out in the world. Out. <laughs> um. That's it. I got nothing else uh, for this uh, jam-packed episode here today except to say that no matter what happens, um, remind yourselves this. It will not be as bad as last year. No. No no matter what. Well, no, um, no. Someone, everyone, knock on wood. Knock on wood. No, because because the clown movie is not going to win Best Picture, all right? So you can all chill, all right? Seriously. I'm never calling it anything other than the clown movie. Clown movie. You're <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> uh, but in all honesty, I say this every year. Be respectful to people on social media. There's no reason to put a film down to elevate another. That's one of my biggest pet peeves yeah. that people do on yeah. the internet all the time, especially during award season. Yeah. Um, you can definitely highlight a film or a performance or something without having to bring something else down. I don't give a shit if you hate it or if you think it doesn't deserve to be there. It's just not, it's not courteous. It's not polite. Um, and that definitely paints my uh, opinion of you if you do that sort of thing. With that said, I... I'm already happy for all the nominees. I'm happy for any winners that uh, win because at the end of the day, they're going to give us something to talk about over the next year as far as precedent is concerned. And we'll learn some valuable lessons along the way with the friends that we made along the way. And so with that said, I want to thank you all for this shortened, crazy award season. And I wish you all uh, the very, very best as we head into the Oscars uh, this upcoming weekend. Amanda, um, I pass it over to you to tell people where they can find you on the internet and if you have a message for anyone before we leave. This is, um, my message to everyone would be that, uh, unfortunately, we all have opinions about this, but it's out of our control. So vote if you are old enough to vote. It's something that is within your control. There you go. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Amanda Spears. Casey Lee Clark. I have nothing else better to say than that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Casey Lee Clark. Cody Derricks. You can find me everywhere all over the the uh, the internet. Whoa, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. At Cody Monster ninety one, and I I don't have anything else to say. Goodbye. <laughs> Ten Bear. I would just like to say, Academy members, if somehow, some way, somewhere, you're listening to this, don't be sheep. 
don't be sheep just because other people voted for something to win doesn't mean you have to, too. Just because something won at every other televised award ceremony <laughs> doesn't mean that you just have to give it another award. Think for yourself and enjoy. Take the privilege that you have as an Oscar voter seriously. Amen. Um, yes. And you can find me for more golden nuggets like that and lots of gloating when 1917 finally wins Best Picture at Dance and Dan on film on the Twitters. I know all the Twitters. All of them. <laughs> all of them. What's the hashtag? I'm sorry. Josh Parm. Uh, the only parting thing that I'll leave people with is just, you know, enjoy the night. This is the thing that we look forward to all year, and it's a very special night for all of us and there's ups and downs but honestly i still wouldn't trade it in for anything because i love it and i love talking to you guys about it i love talking to the community about it and i i'm just gonna treasure that and for that you can also find me on twitter at jr parham nicole um so i just want to say that obviously most of the people listening to this won't uh be people who get to vote at the oscars or in any of the big um award shows that we watch but remember that you know if you're upset because the films that you love or the kind of films that you love aren't winning remember that winning awards is important but making money is also important it is also how films get made and how directors you know uh get studios so remember that you vote with your money whenever you go and see a film um and whenever you talk about it to your friends and make them go see it so you do have that power even if you don't get to uh vote for the oscars um, and you can find me pretty much everywhere on the internet at Nicole Ackman 16. I'm very happy you said that, Nicole. Want to just throw that well, in there. Also mature. <laughs> Thank you. Tom? Uh, drafting off what Matt had said, um, there's just, sometimes there's just too much hate on film Twitter. And not only do you want not want to put another film down, you know, for because some, you like something better, but don't take the people tr- down who like that film. Uh, it, everybody has a different opinion. And uh, let's just kind of remove the hate from film Twitter. Uh, hopefully that once the Oscars are over, things will lighten up a little bit. Um, but please be kind and please recognize that uh, everybody has their own love of movies. Uh, and uh, that's why we're there. And you can find me at Thomas E. O'Brien. When you said, please be kind, I thought you were going to say, please rewind for Michelle Gondry re- <laughs> reference. But uh, thanks. Uh, I'm done with the dad jokes tonight. Um, yeah, I got nothing else meaningful to add other than what we said before. And I think you guys all said it so wonderfully. I'll just finish off by saying that I am very deeply appreciative of the friendships that I've had uh, through this platform, uh, both with all of you guys and also, too, with the community as well. You all literally give me a reason to wake up every morning. And that is something that I don't know if I'll ever be able to repay uh, back to all of you. So I, I thank you all very, very much. And I echo exactly uh, what was said in regards to no matter what happens, it's it's something that we've looked forward to. Let's just enjoy it. Even like the terrible moments where we think the world is going to end, it won't, you know, things will still happen and there will be other things to worry about that are much more important, such as what's going on politically or what's ever going on with some sort of virus here or there or whatever it is. There are bigger things than the Oscars at the end of the day. Uh, so... 
Let's all take a breath. Let's all have some fun. And let's all remember that we're all in this together. You can find me on Twitter at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 179 of the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Player, FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate the feedback and your support as well, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you get some exclusive podcast content from us, including throwback reviews this month of Force Majeure to get us ready for Downhill, and get ready for this one folks Hollow Man with Elizabeth Shue and Kevin Bacon to get us ready for The Invisible Man won't that be a blast Oh, I'm looking forward (laughs) to talking about that (laughs) you can get all that content and more on Patreon like I said $1 minimum a month thank you so much everyone for listening as always we will see you all with our instant reactions to the Oscars next time